0: So, a couple weeks ago on the show, I brought up the idea that during the Lord of the Rings Entmoot scene, that stoner palm tree would show up to it in right. his Baja jacket and dreadlocks Obviously. and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I had another idea oh, the boy. other day. You ready I'm for excited. this? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I just imagine halfway through the Entmoot, crashing through the forest there, showing up late to the meeting, being like really upset and emotional about the entire thing is the super emo weeping willow. (laughs) I knew it.
1: I knew it was coming. The weeping willow with its hair down in front of its eyes. Exactly. Dude, like
0: straight up. It's like those those branches, those leaves (laughs) just coming down halfway across the face. I think that int shows up and it's like, where are you?
1: (laughs) He's all like, I see you're having the int moot without me. (laughs) And they're like, we called for you and he's like, oh really?
0: I didn't hear it. Oh. Do you even want to hear my opinion? <laughs> you guys don't even want me to be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Palm tree comes over like, man, I got something for you, bro. <laughs> We're exactly. gonna calm that
0: shit down. <laughs> We're gonna lift your spirits right the fuck up, right? Yeah. <laughs> All these things and more in store on the brand new <laughs> <laughs> installment of the greatest horror movie podcast that there is. It's dead and lovely. Here with That's the host of Moses, me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me,
1: Hollywood
0: Steve. <laughs> We're here today to be talking about kind of an offbeat horror romantic comedy. uh yeah. So I married an ex-murderer. Yeah, it's right? got some
1: thriller. El- I'd say that last ten minutes is very much like a horror movie, but...
0: The rest of it, not no slayer, really. Mostly a rom
1: com, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is this is by request, isn't it? Yeah, Emily. Uh, her birthday is, is this Your week. Wife. Um, in fact, it will have been the day before this comes out. So, uh, happy birthday, M. This Woo. is uh, we we covered this because she requested, it, and we had just recently watched it. I think that's why she requested it because when we rewatched it, you know, it it, it hit our funny bones a- as it had when we were younger. So. This, this is a movie we both have history with, though, uh, no spoilers for the later part, I have some notes, a few yeah. notes,
0: a lot yeah, of notes. I'll get yeah. that, I'll get that. <laughs> if you want to get straight on to those notes, there's a time sent for you in the podcast description. Before we do that, we're going to shoot the shit and catch up. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded there, I've been doing some traveling and stuff, and uh, there's a lot of catching up to do. I'm sure we both watched a handful of movies since we have met so we'll be doing some catching up and shooting the shit and all that jazz. But yeah, if you want to get straight on to, should I watch this movie or not? Use that timestamp, buffoon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow, I called you a buffoon. Fucking
1: nailed him with a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> One star review. called, Host me, a called me a buffoon. They don't know me. They don't know me then they log off from that and then they go on to like a, a glass onion thing and they're like I don't get it.
0: Didn't make any sense. I'm <laughs> yeah, not a buffoon so. though. In case anyone <laughs> tells you that. In case the host of the show wanted to know more about me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, yeah. I'm telling you. It's been a couple of weeks since we done one of these uh, these old podcasts, man. What you been up to? Oh man. Um, not a ton, honestly. Like,
1: not a ton of uh, reportable stuff. But uh, we watched secret a, things. Ooh. Yeah, secret things. We we watched a good amount. We did go to a board game bar. Say what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a board game bar, not too far from us, and um, they it's it's interesting. I I I was a little skeptical of it, but when we got there, the the lights were up, unlike a bar the music wasn't loud there was music but it wasn't loud um like how all this sounds yeah and they had a i was a little skeptical because they had a like a two item minimum from the 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 menu i was like thinking well why why would it be like that and then i started thinking as we were sitting there and everybody we saw all these other tables of people enjoying themselves and we're enjoying ourselves and it's like oh yeah if you just had a bunch of drunk asses in here it would not be fun Right. You need people to have a little bit of food in them, at the very least, so they're not spilling drinks all over the fucking board game or whatever. Um, this sounds good. I can yeah. get down on this, Yeah, dude. so w- you're, we're talking about a place that is well-lit, the music's not too loud, and nobody's getting too drunk. And the food was the type of food you would eat at a board game night. So it was like nachos, like quesadillas, stuff like that. I got like a flatbread barbecue chicken pizza. but Great. It was also really good. Like, it wasn't like, you know, know, a fancy high-end anything, but it was like really solid, good food, Uh, and they had a great selection of drinks, and we played uh, Mysterium, I believe it's called, and then uh, another like card game. It was fun. They had like a huge library of, of board games you could play and stuff, and I had a blast super fun well damn that yeah. sounds
0: pretty fucking ideal honestly
1: yeah yeah I, I i really like not you know not that i hate bars but the things i tend to dislike about bars are too dark and too loud <laughs> so, yeah, same dude same <laughs> that that was a good thing to have to deal with uh oh, other yeah. than that though yeah we've just been watching a bunch of stuff how about you i think you did a Man. little something didn't you
0: I did a little bit of something, man, and uh, without boring everybody to death with the intricate details of, of my uh, vacation, uh, we we had the opportunity to go on a really fantastic trip with some of our, our favorite people in the entire world to Argentina, Mendoza, Argentina. And, dude, I'll, I'll tell you, man, I know that the opportunity doesn't present itself all that often to all that many people, but if you ever do get the chance to travel the world and see and do amazing things with some of your favorite people in your life, I'm going to strongly recommend it. It's a great fucking thing to do. Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Imagine that. I know that sounds crazy. You're probably like, but wait a minute. But yeah, you should. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like,
1: hold on there, my friend. I don't think anybody's ever said this, nor indicated it, nor wrote
0: books about it. I'd rather stay home with people I hate. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, we we had an an amazing time. Argentina, man, like, I don't know what I was expecting to see or what it would be like, but it was absolutely phenomenal. Beautiful fucking country, fantastic people. Unbelievable food, unbelievable yeah. wine. Mm-hmm. And dude, I, I'll tell you what, I learned a thing or two whilst I was down there. Okay. What'd you learn? I learned that perhaps my final form is Wino Ben. Okay.
1: Right. So you're dude. just like going to go full into just wine?
0: I might. Okay, I might do it because, dude, right. I'm telling you. And, and you know, if this is your first time listening to the show, um, me and Steve are both like middle-aged dudes that complain about how awful alcohol is to us, but we continue to drink it all the time. <laughs> we we do do it often constantly talk about how
1: it kicks our ass or whatever. Man, yeah. Can you
0: believe hangovers? It's so yeah. unfair. Anyway, Blah. I'm gonna drink a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's have a third beer. Yeah. Um, while we were down there, you know, we were checking out all these. Incredible, beautiful, unbelievable vineyards and having all this phenomenal Argentinian wine and dude like drinking wine like it was a contest, like we were trying to prove something. <laughs> and I would get kind of buzzed for like fifteen minutes and then be like, I'm fine again. No yeah. problem. Just have another glass, totally fine again. Uh went to bed, slept great, no hangover, right all fucking week. That's awesome. unbelievable.
1: So wine drunk hits different. You're saying, yeah, uh, it
0: hits different, dude. It yeah. gets really good to me, and also too, you know, just getting to check out wines from different areas that are grown in that regional dirt and stuff. It's like, I mean, legitimately, shit down there does not taste like stuff that you get from you know liquor stores and everything here in the states. It's completely yeah. fucking different.
1: I mean, you can get you can get wines from there here, but yeah, you're, you're mostly not. Uh, Getting Mm -mm. a ton of Argentinians or Chilean wines Mm -mm. up here. No,
0: they're they're totally different, and it's neat too because really, whenever you have you know wine that was growing from grapes that are ten minutes away from the table that you're sitting there drinking the wine at, it's like you're literally tasting what that part of the world tastes like. That's fucking rad. It's really cool, man.
1: It is cool. Yeah.
0: So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Wino Ben might be (laughs) that might be my final form, dude.
1: I mean I know it's it's not the same as as these Argentinian places but up uh, uh, up in the Smokies I don't know if you've ever been to the wine tastings there but it's made by people who are competent and know what they're doing and they are local grapes some of them Yeah there's there's actually a whole wine tour you can do up there. We went to one place that made their own Concord grape wine. Mm-hmm. I imagine it was sweet, right? It's so sweet. It's, it tastes. Oh man, it's great. What are you talking about? It tastes like Welch's grape juice, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Which is
0: delicious. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. It's so
1: good. I mean, obviously, yes, you're right. If you drink a bunch of it, you're gonna be so you gonna feel like shit the next day. But
0: <laughs> it was
1: so good. Uh, yeah, you, you could do some some wine touring in, in your own area as well. Like there, I mean, fuck. There's also, of course, whiskey tours in Kentucky. I mean, we're. We live in a great time where like because like you can just go to a brewery and like have their beer I, I, I don't remember that being a thing all through the 90s and early 2000s right like it is now a very much a thing so like what you're experiencing is like how awesome argentinian wine and vineyards are and stuff And it's like you, you can do that like so many places i mean california napa valley etc like you can go through all sorts of great places and do that, and that's awesome. Like you should do that. You should become totally. that wine guy. who's yep. just because, like, man, that sounds like fun.
0: It was a good time, and yeah. it treated me fucking great, man. We had some insane meals because Argentinian beef is ridiculous, and yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know we also had the most fucking metal of meals. This is a horror podcast, after all, so we got to talk about the most <laughs> oh, fucking no. metal shit. Did you Dude, kill a cow? Well, no, but <laughs> we um, we participated in the Feast of Siete Fuegos by internationally acclaimed chef Francis Malman. Now, maybe you don't know that by name, but you've probably seen this on like Anthony Bourdain and shit. Uh, Francis Malman is the chef that like has mastered the seven ways to cook with fire, and he does these special meals that demonstrate those techniques, and it's like... It's the Hellraiser shit, where it's like, oh, it's this fucking splayed out, crucified lamb sitting five feet away from a huge fire. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, dude, it's metal as shit. I'll Ah. send you pictures. You'll look at it and be like, man, this is fucking, we have such meals to feed you shit, you know? Ah, Jesus. It's badass, dude. It's really... It's fucking awesome, man. Uh, and so it was an adventurous meal. It's like all these different ways you had to cook animals over fire, and uh, it was fantastic. I also encountered, Steve, a, a food foe. I fought for my life mm-hmm. at the dinner table and remained composed yeah. And I, I, I'm so proud of myself because we found ourselves sitting across the table from these uh, these people from the Netherlands that were there traveling. And they were wonderful older people, I had so much cool stories and shit to tell. And uh, the waiter brought the wife like this. It's like, oh, here's a special little side plate just for you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, hey, well, what is that there? What's going on? And she's like, "Well, I grew up in Argentina, in this is Argentina, Argentina, <laughs> uh-huh. and this is like a special, you know, delicacy if you ask for it." And I was like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "These are lamb kidneys. Would you like to try some?" Right. And I'm kay. very spontaneous on vacation. I just, I just sure. do stuff. I don't usually do. Just grabbed home. it and fucking chomped in. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, it was. Man, it was it it was rough. I was fighting for my life, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... Li- Here's the thing, Steve. I don't like lamb. Like, I'm right. like, lamb is, is yeah. typically too gamey and too mm-hmm. just, like, funky tasting for me anyway. Right. I usually don't do organ meat of any kind because right. of the same reasons. And I was like, yeah, whatever. If I fucking ate, ate, like, half <sighs> a kidney. <laughs> I didn't want to seem rude or anything, dude. Oh, my God. I was... Here's the thing. Yeah. My wife raw feeds our dogs. so I'm aware, yeah. Yeah, it's like once every six weeks, it's like our, our you know, living room is a butcher shop full right. of every kind of awful, uh, that's O-F-F-A-L, and right. awful, awful, uh, known <laughs> <Right>. to man. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting here trying to scarf down this fucking mealy-ass Unseasoned dry lamb kidney, and I'm like, oh god, it smells like the living room on food prep day. Oh my god, oh yeah, this is dog food. 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 I was like, maybe I can just wash it down, and I'm like, oh, let's try it with the wine. So I had a sip of this wine, and it's like it just spread it all over my mouth, dude. It was just, it was just hanging out. It did not help. That but i made it steve terrible. i fucking i fucking did it i i powered it down <laughs> i swallowed it i did the thing <laughs> and then the she looked at boy. you i was like i can't believe you fucking did that that's weird <laughs> that, was a, that was a joke dude. nobody like, would eat that shit it's so mealy and gross <laughs> <laughs> he brought me this so i could give it to my dog back in the room you fucking maniac <laughs> americans are stupid <laughs> Boy, it was, it was wow. hard, dude. you got it Argentinian fucking, tricked. Yeah, I did. I got Argentinian punked by, by a Dutch woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, everything was fucking phenomenal. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, I loved it. If there's any Argentinians listening, I, I fucking loved your country. I am so excited to go back um, one mm-hmm. day, I hope. It was an amazing time, man. So in between all the incredible food and wine and stuff, dude, I did another first, because, again, I I go hard. You ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. I also discovered my next true form. Oh, what it is. T.O. Ben, El Gaucho. You're a gaucho now. I'm a gaucho now. M I'm gaucho boy.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Rode a horse, dude, for the first time. Horse riding, Ben. I think I've ridden a horse. I recall riding a horse when I was maybe, like, I don't know, six or seven at, like, a yeah. friend's farm. But I'm sure it was like I was probably being, you know, led around a pole with yeah. my hand held mm-hmm. by a grown-up or something. I've never really ridden a horse. Yeah. And uh, we did this tour, like, straight up this mountain that was just fucking unbelievably beautiful. I didn't know what to expect about riding a horse. You ever ridden one of them things? It's like a big dog.
1: <laughs> it is. I've ridden a horse, and I've ridden a donkey as well. Yeah? The burro, yeah. 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 Um i remember uh riding the the donkey being um more interesting to me because i like Mm -hmm. donkeys i like Mm -hmm. riding a horse i yeah i i enjoyed it it was fun but like riding the donkey as as a kid i was like so excited because donkeys are adorable I get So, it, man.
0: anyway, back to the horse riding. <laughs> it was beautiful. We rode, you know, just like straight up this little mountain face here to this beautiful Vista. And while I was riding on that thing, I had all kinds of interesting observations oh, for I'm myself excited. Okay. that amused myself, primary of which being like, man, horses are just acoustic cars. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true.
1: Yeah. I guess they are. I guess they're acoustic cars. Unplugged, dude. Unplugged entirely. <laughs>
0: Just running on grass. How about that?
1: Just like an acoustic guitar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, you feed that. I mean, well, that's what the the hole in the acoustic is for. Is put grass in there to feed it, so it can make the the notes. And you
1: will you will go ahead and put your reputation on the line and say to every guitar person listening right now that of course they need to put food in their acoustic guitars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, oh, how do you
1: expect it to make the notes? Yeah, it's going to stop making the notes.
0: Yeah, that yeah. The, straight from Ben Eller's mouth. Yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> so acoustic cars. Yep, that's what horses are. It was amazing. (laughs) Uh, It was was a great time, dude. It was so fucking fun. I started reading a uh, a book called Atomic Habits. Have you seen this book? Nope. What it is, man? So far, so good. I'm about 100 pages into it because, um, as as my wife and anybody who knows me knows. Um, Here for the past, I don't know, 100 years, I've been like, my life is so disorganized and I never have time to do the things I want. I'm dissatisfied. I'm an asshole right. all the uh-huh. time, right? Sure. So this book is about understanding how to make changes in your life and how... Little things that you change can add up to big things. Given a long enough time span, sure. Uh, Atomic Habits. So far, it has been a great read. Highly recommended. And, and unless I get to the end and it's like, and then you join Scientology. Maybe, maybe that happens. I don't know. I've not gotten to the end yet. <laughs> um, but so are far, habits, so good.
1: Are, are the habits? Are there seven of them? And are they for highly effective people? <laughs> oh, is it like that?
0: Yeah, maybe it is. I'll I'll let you know when I get there.
1: I've re- I've read like a few. Looks like that including seven habits for highly effective people yeah and i just see like for me a lot of the times it's just repackaged for the era like it's the mm. same sort of thing just repackaged as like you know, know know what you're about know know the things that you want in life and, and focus on those things but be mm. sure to enjoy your free time and, and give your family time etc like <laughs> those, yeah
0: great do that that's those are good those things. things yeah uh-huh. so far it's not quite that but again oh, I'll, I'll get okay. more into it and i'll let you know but yeah so cool. far so good it's been a good thing i'm glad that that my wife found out one for that's me awesome. to, to check out there unfortunately while i was out um i i've i heard the news that one of the all-time greatest guitar players who's ever lived jeff Beck, passed away all right mm-hmm. uh which just i don't know
1: happened yeah very recently yeah
0: have you ever listened to to jeff are you familiar i with don't guy? think so I'm not sure. See, that's the thing is like, to some of the the people that I was on my trip with, they were like, oh, who's that? You know, like, he's not really like a household name. Like, if I said jimmy page died you'd be like oh, oh yeah. led zeppelin died you know um <laughs> the entire band they're <laughs> all gone of them. Yeah. uh if i said eric clapton died you know who yep. who that was but mm-hmm. but jeff beck man i i just got to speak about it for a second because i know that there's guitar players that listen to the show and stuff uh jeff beck man, I, I i cannot say uh, enough about the guy he's one of the most untouchable inhumanly fantastic guitar players that has ever lived he is a guy who is a a generation one electric guitar player. Like, Jeff Beck is older than the electric guitar. Older than the instrument he played and innovated on and did things on it that the designers of the electric guitar did not even intend for it to do. And he did all of this stuff without... A blueprint he died at age 78 and was just continuing to evolve and grow and innovate as a guitar player I will go on record as saying I think that he is the the Miles Davis of electric guitar constantly wow. okay. just reinventing burning down his old personality and creating a new one and somehow yet always sounding like himself and always being completely what's the word for when no one can imitate you uneminent un- un- yeah. in- un- in- and un- un- Inimitable. He's an anemone. A, he's an anemone. An yeah, a, he's an a an enemy. sea anemone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, like, the the best thing I can say, the most, you know, powerful thing I can say about Jeff Beck is, like, there's there's a million guys out there that can play like Steve Vai. There's a million mm-hmm. guys out there who can put on a Guthrie Govan impression that's amazing. Uh, there is not one guitar player... On Earth, I have ever heard that I could say, "Oh, that guy's just a Jeff Beck ripoff." Hmm. Like, dude, he's he's so untouchable that no one even tries to wow. copy him. The guy was just unfucking believable, absolute legend of a player. If you've never listened to Jeff Beck, and and I'll tell you, I put off listening to Jeff Beck for a long time because I always heard him mentioned in the same breath as Clapton and Hendrix and. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that are just like I've always been more interested in the guys that were into mm-hmm. Clapton and Hendrix and guys like that than right. the the source players, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of wrote Jeff Beck off as probably being another boring blues guy um, that my you know that, that boomers care about or whatever. Right? Okay. Uh, go listen to Wired. Go listen to Blow by Blow. Especially if you're going to do one, listen to Performing This Week Live at Ronnie Scott's that came out in the 2000s. Unfucking believable. It's the greatest live guitar album that's ever fucking been made. It's unbelievable. Wow. The guy's... The guy's touch, the guy's identity on the instrument was just absolutely once in a fucking lifetime and I'm so happy to have been on the earth at the same time as him. Unbelievable. Fucking legend. Go listen to some Jeff Beck. Uh, well, hell miss yeah. Miss him already, man. So, yeah. That's little, awesome. Little tribute time. Sorry for the music talk, but... No, I'm no, not sorry I, for the music talk. The guy's a fucking legend.
1: Yeah. I definitely, like... I'm glad because I'm glad, I've heard you talk about Jeff Beck. I uh, yeah, didn't king. know really anything about him. So, definitely, I'll go check him out and everybody else should. And I guess we'll then very much see uh, what we're missing. And that's, uh, it's sad. I mean, but you said 78. That's that's a good time yeah. to go, I guess. <laughs> 78. Oh, dude. Yeah. Right.
0: And the thing about it is, too, is I went and saw him live um, with ZZ Top in oh, wow. September yeah. with RDM and a couple oh, of right. other Oh, right. I remember friends. this. Uh huh. And I, I am so unbelievably glad that I did. And that that's, again, just another lesson here, y'all. Like, if there's anybody you've been putting off seeing because you think that you'll get another chance to see him again, maybe you won't. Ooh, like, yeah, I, I got Good to point. see Jeff Beck. I got to see fucking Billy Gibbons from ZZ mm-hmm. Top Play. Uh, and then, like, a month or two later, I got to watch Joe Satriani, who's one of my favorite wow. players, who okay, is yeah. also getting up in his years, man. And it's all kind of... Been run through my head after, you know, we lost Eddie Van Halen, where I'm like, right. fuck, like, I put off seeing Van Halen, and now I will never get to. So, yeah, just keep in mind, man, even a guy like Jeff Beck, who is a super health-conscious, like, vegetarian, like, you know, guy never really partied all that much and stuff, but just got bacterial meningitis, and that's all that it takes. Yeah, especially um,
1: at that age, yeah. Uh, it's
0: Yeah, no shit. Yeah. No shit, man. So check out your fucking, your, your favorite creator's, uh, while you can Because I, I assure you like seeing, seeing him on a DVD Seeing him on a YouTube video Listening to him on a CD It ain't nothing like going and fucking being at the zoo When they're feeding the tigers It's not the fucking same thing So if you can go and see your heroes While they're still here I'm so happy and so fortunate To have gotten to see Jeff Just you know I mean fuck on his last tour Now that I think about it Last yeah. tour Fuck wow. That just hit me
1: that's a, wow well i mean i'm glad you got to see him that that's yeah.
0: awesome yeah me too man so that was a little bit of a downer but uh otherwise just a, a fucking unbelievable fantastic trip man a, a great reset for me and um yeah you know honestly kind of going on with that atomic habit thing, sorry i'm just fucking ranting right here no no problem um <laughs> <laughs> but you know like the cool thing is is i've been talking on the podcast recent weeks about how i've just been so frustrated not having enough time to to play guitar for myself and all that jazz and i'm just like i need to rearrange something in my life uh being in argentina for uh 8 days or so is already helped me do that because yeah. they're 2 hours ahead time zone wise
1: oh okay so
0: while we were over there you know i was going to bed at what would equate to 11 here which i've not gone to bed in the p.m and i don't fucking know how long (laughs) yeah and i was waking up at 7 a.m our time wow am our time which for me again i know that for most normal people it's like oh boy you're a big boy big deal but musician hours that's kind of crazy okay
1: yeah no Um, i i can't do that i mean i am trying to do that shit and i i have in fact i did wake up at 6 in the morning the other day, but... We're big boys. We're Yeah, we're... <laughs> I'm 41 we're big years boys. old. 38 I'm like, years old. I woke old. up in the morning. Uh But yeah, no, I mean, that's just <laughs> not... That's not been my life either. So, like, I, I get it, dude. The fact... The, what you're saying to me is, like, blowing my mind. So, yeah, fucking yeah. keep at it.
0: <laughs> so, since we got back, man, like, I have been... I've been going to bed a lot earlier. I've been waking up a lot earlier. And it's like, I played guitar for probably, like... Four Four or five hours yesterday, which I don't know the last time I did that. Plus, also worked out uh, and made, like, home-cooked food and watched a movie, like, did all this shit, and it's like, oh, I'm subtracting... That time of night where I'm just, you know, putty on the couch, like right. not doing anything and adding yeah. it to the front part of the day. And I've, I've been drinking that sweet berry wine and not waking up hung the fuck over. So I'm actually <laughs> able to do that. So That's cool. So far, so good, You guys. figured
1: it out. You just need to get a horse now.
0: Yeah, I need the, cab- the caballo.
1: <laughs> and and then yeah. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wino awesome. Ben...
0: Here to fucking rock it in 2023,
1: man. That's awesome, man. I'm i i am going to go ahead and support that. I'll, hey, there's a ton of wine up here in Oregon.
0: Ooh. Maybe you come here. Huh? Maybe I just do that. Get a Ta- pull on some of that Oregon wine. Take, <laughs> get you some of that Oregon <laughs> that sounds wine. Sounds less bad when I say it out loud. Come on over here and tug on this Oregon wine. Get, you get a your sip. A
1: tug on, a Slosh Oregon around this wine. Oregon wine.
0: Oh, God. No, so gross. No, <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Did y'all get to watch on anything while you were down there? We did. I want to hear about what you watched first, because I've been talking okay. way too fucking long.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I fuck. It's been two weeks since we recorded.
0: Yeah.
1: Man. So. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, Anna and I went and saw Megan, um, uh, opening night or night uh, Thursday night that it it came out
0: y'all even episode it about yeah
1: we even sorted about it so go check that out because I, I i don't want to ruin it for anybody but it's fucking awesome megan's awesome okay a- i've not had time needs to, needs to listen to, to the
0: to the episode yet and i don't yeah. want to spoil it for myself yeah. but you're saying like do you think it's something that i would enjoy
1: yes Damn. if you don't if you don't i'm gonna blame you watching the trailer here's the thing yeah yeah, yeah. apparently like- the trailer seemed serious To you. Yes.
0: That's why I didn't want to fucking watch this movie, is because I watched a trailer for it, and to me the trailer seemed like it was very seriously trying to make it like, oh, this is like child's play for the modern era. She's it is so like child's play
1: for the modern era.
0: When she does her little head tilts. Like, the the trailer made she it look so like it was supposed to be scary, but then it I is. have you and all scary. kinds of other people telling me it's like, oh, this movie's really fun and stupid and knows what it's doing.
1: Yes, exactly. But it is scary. It's It tonally knows what it's doing so yeah. fucking well and like... Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, like, it, it is, it starts out silly, like, it starts out with a insanely silly commercial that I would equate to the Tammy craps doll segment of, I think you should leave for the people that have seen that, okay. um, it is, it is a silly fucking commercial, uh, and then it, it has some serious shit, but, like, it's interesting, because, like, at the heart of it, it's about a child dealing with loss, but it is also about a, a doll that comes to life. Like it, it like knows that it's silly. Like it's a silly concept. And then also it's, it's like it's doing humor, but it's also doing serious, but it's also then turning serious stuff into humor and then it does have very scary moments. like it has hmm. some really good horror moments. I loved it. like I was I was cackling in the movie theater. shit. It, it was like seriously insane how much fun I was having. And like it was fun because like uh, Anna and I are sitting there having a great time. We hear like pockets of people laughing their asses off and then everybody
0: else is just dead quiet okay so it's one of those like you're getting it or you're totally not getting it kind of movies
1: kind of yeah or that I, it was like wh- what we thought was because we saw kids going into this movie we were thinking that these parents had seen this movie coming out and thought it was about like a kid's toy and they were mm. like yeah we'll go see this so maybe there were a lot of people sitting there like wait what the fuck am i watching <laughs> But all the people that came for a horror movie I, were having a great time. Because it is it is like a really fucking solid... I, I think, like, tonally, I, I don't know what to compare it to. Um, but it, it 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 was great. And Allison Williams is awesome in it. And um, fucking the, the girl who plays Megan is great. I mean, Megan hmm. is, is sometimes a person in a mask, sometimes... Uh, it's the stunt double in a mask, and then sometimes it is actual like puppeteering and stuff. But like it, it looks great. There's CGI in it, of course, but the movie looks great. But like, just a a real fucking awesome time at the movies. Like there was there were so many moments where I was like, holy shit! Like I was just so happy that stuff was happening. Like just things that. They were so perfect. And, I, I, you know, you may not feel the same when you watch it. I hope so. I, I, a lot of people have been having a similar response to what I've had. So, yeah. I, I, I think you will enjoy it if it, if you get it in the right mood or whatever. Just check it out, for sure. I'm intrigued now. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. I'll give it and, a watch.
1: And I, I really do hope. like, I, I need it more than anything because Megan is set in Seattle. Who else do we know lives in Seattle? That's right. Gabriel from Malignant.
0: That's right. Yeah. I need a
1: crossover. I need it so bad. I definitely like they they definitely need to make a Megan sequel. 100%. I'll be in the theater day one to see a Megan sequel.
0: Now consider me interested.
1: Yeah. Okay. We've watched a, a, a good bit of other stuff. Um, uh, we watched Austin Powers 2. What's that one what
0: called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Spy Husha- Shag- uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, yeah. Boy, that Heather Graham. I bet she probably smells really bad. She, she probably, probably does. like Probably like bold chicken. <laughs> if I was to guess, probably about like bold chicken. Bold
1: chicken. chicken. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, she, she's a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Uh, it's funny. What do you think she,
0: of the movie, though? It's funny. It's great.
1: I mean, like, it's, it's again, uh, just like the first one it's going to have some dated references some stuff sure. that yeah if you weren't like alive at the time or if you weren't like politically aware at the time or paying attention to the news you might not get some of the jokes but overall the jokes are the character or the characters that uh mike myers is playing i think maybe um i mean you know i i, I think there might be some stuff in there that people would say age badly i I can't say for sure. For me, watching it, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is still funny." So yeah, agreed. Yeah, anything that might be one.
0: you know viewed as aging badly, it's like the character doing or saying that stuff is supposed to be stupid and dated. So right, right, that's right.
1: Yeah. why. Uh-huh. I I think um, yeah we're we're gonna watch the third one. Emily says that the third one is her favorite. So
0: really, I, it's I, yeah, I'm only seen it, for sure.
1: Yeah, I've only seen it once, so I'm I'm gonna rewatch it and give it. Uh, give it uh, the old college try cuz if Emily, right. if it's Emily's favorite like we tend to agree on comedies i maybe i just watched it in the wrong headspace way back in the day um so we're going we're going to check that out soon we also watched uh speaking of of 90s comedies we watched us a little naked gun
0: fuck yes <laughs> yeah. dude i watched that again a couple months ago 20 out of 10 the best
1: <laughs> it's still funny again political references very dated if if you don't if you weren't alive at the time but um you know i mean it opens with it also opens with frank drebin a, a cop on police squad in la uh is fighting momar gaddafi ayatollah Khomeini, like all sorts <laughs> of like supposed like evil powers back in the day you know uh, it's really funny yeah I, it's so good oh my god <laughs> so yeah <laughs> naked gun is still a time. Uh we also watched scott pilgrim versus the world
0: which i have never seen this dude so yeah. this movie is one that i'm curious to know your opinion about because there are people that know me that go oh my god you haven't seen that it'll be like your favorite thing ever and then there's other people that know me that are like oh dude you'll fucking hate that movie
1: yeah okay so i had seen it back in the day and i remembered like the you know flourishes the ways that it tries to be like a comic book and stuff um it it's got some some complexities that i think today are you know uh, i've seen people discussing it younger younger people who didn't see it back in the day discussing it now and being like uh, you know uh, Scott Pilgrim's dating a 17 year old and he's in his 20s. Mm. Uh, you know, he's all these people are obviously bad for each other. They're, you know, there's all sorts of like problems, I guess, with it. Um, but like, I, I think that it's aware of that. I, I think in watching it again, it's like the film seems to be aware that Scott Pilgrim's not a good guy. Like, part of the film is he has to fight himself and become a better person. Hmm. So like I think I think maybe like you know in in talking about like people who are cancelable, we've uh, made it so that you can't write cancelable characters and hmm. that their stories can't be interesting like i I do think watching it again, there's a good bit of cringiness to it, and I would say for sure that. Like, yeah, Scott is a piece of shit. Um, But, like, I think the movie kind of indicates that it knows that he's a piece of shit and that he's supposed to get better. I still don't think it's great, though. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm not saying it's a a great film. Uh, It's interesting, though. What it does is I, I think it's interesting to tell a story about people who aren't particularly great it's people in their 20s people in their 20s aren't particularly great all the time especially in this era of 2000 whenever they came out 2007 or 8 or whenever they came out like people in their 20s oftentimes in that edgy cringy sort of fucking humor way were always saying some shit that today you wouldn't you would like cringe immediately to hear it I don't know. Uh, I was perfect by then. Obviously, I was my 20s, you were, yeah.
0: I would already reached peak form.
1: Yeah. So, was, I, I guess that Scott Pilgrim is more of a cultural artifact than, like,
0: That's a fully way to entertainment. At,
1: yeah, sure. yeah. But it was interesting to see as a cultural artifact. Um, also, we watched uh, The Menu, which is a film I know Fuck. you watched.
0: Yeah, dude. We watched that on vacation. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I loved it. Did you like it?
1: Yeah. Now, I am going to call you out here. You did just tell me you went to an exotic location and had uh, a celebrity chef make you food, and then you watched the
0: menu. <laughs> that's part of why we did it. Dude, that's straight up part of why we did it.
1: Yep. What? Yep. It was so <laughs> and on And you all point. sat there watching it, and we're like, Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, we we ordered really high-end room service hamburgers while we watched it. Huh. okay. Yeah, because yeah, it just made sense. <laughs> wow, all right. Um, also, one of the best burgers I've ever had in my entire life. Holy fucking but, shit. Yeah, oh, Argentinian my God.
1: beef. That's that good stuff.
0: Oh,
1: uh, yeah, Now it's the menu. I mean, uh, it's uh, very much about consumption and class and, and all those sort of things and, uh, you know, exoticness all thatness etc uh and, and about you know people who create and people who consume, consume. I, I don't want to say yep. too much because it's new you know yep Same. yeah yeah but like,
0: dude if if you're a person i'll put it to you this way if yep. you're a person who has ever worked in any kind of industry where you make things for people, where, yeah, whether that be specifically, yeah, yeah, service. Whether you make music, whether you make podcasts or whatever, and you have encountered the the difficult relationships that arise between the the creator and the consumer, hmm. uh, and how difficult at times that relationship can become. There is something for you in this movie. Um, also, sure. it's fucking gorgeous, and Anya Taylor Joy is a treasure. She's
1: great, yeah. And so Ray Fiennes is great, and actually a lot of great performances for sure. Um, lot, yeah. I, I I think we'll definitely have to talk about it on the show. Yes, yeah. yes, I would love to. We we'll probably, yeah, probably do that soon. Highly recommend yeah.
0: though. Fucking watch yeah. it if you haven't.
1: Yeah, definitely do. Yeah, because it, it's got so much going on that, like, I don't want to get into. But what you what you said for sure and like you know service industry and also about creatives and um being disconnected from your your product and all that stuff all that stuff's in there so go check it out it's on hbo max and and still at theaters i think definitely worth watching loved it yeah me too um (laughs) i thought when you when you texted me that i was like wait a second (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah it just makes sense you watched
1: it i was like wait did they know (laughs) did they know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny okay um and then we've also been watching uh psych uh i don't i had never seen this show i like i'd seen it on tvs before because like it's on usa and usa is on it like waiting rooms all the time um right (laughs) like i'd never i'd never like sat down and watched it um but we just started watching it and it's really funny Um, again, it's from 2006 is when it starts. So there's some, some cringy shit in there for sure. Um, and definitely like some, uh, fashion stuff being like reminders of 2006 fashion that are distasteful to me. Like just some (laughs) of the stuff we wore in 2006. Uh, Actually, even watching it, it's like, I, I hated that in 2006. Like I hated the shit some of the shit you see like it's hideous um but it, it's a fun show uh really fun smartly written and and clearly the the writers tend to uh know horror movies like oh. not just like the the obvious ones too like there was uh, one episode we watched with like a lot of prom night references like okay. some 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 more deep cut stuff that's that's it's fun and funny uh we also uh watched dr strange love which is one of Ooh. Emily's favorite movies.
0: God damn. It's so good. We watched that. I think for the first time, like I want to say we watched it in 2020 when we were just watching tons of movies and shit. And uh, man, I, I loved it. I was not ready for how fucking funny that movie was. Yeah. Gonna be. It's
1: a dude like, yeah, I, I think it, it's weird. Cause it, it is one of those films that like, it's always on lists of films you need to see. It's a Kubrick film. Everybody needs to see it, et cetera. But I don't think people watch it uh, as much as other classic films, and they really, really should. Like it's oh yeah, it's still so relevant and still so
0: funny. How I feel like like if it, the Coen Brothers put it out right now, nobody yeah. would be like, "This feels dated." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Because it it has such a like. It does. I mean it. It's almost like the Coen Brothers watched that movie and they were like, "That's our sense of humor for the rest That's of our time. career." Yeah, totally <laughs> agree, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, it's so fucking smart and so funny and and so like like you really just get to see how the military industrial complex has not changed in any way, and nope. people have always known it for what it is, and they've always called it out and it's nothing's it's, changed it makes, yeah it makes zero <laughs> sense to defend it ever yeah nothing's changed it's bad um but yeah, slim Dr. Pickens. Slim Pickens, fucking killing it <laughs> uh uh fucking james earl jones's first role
0: oh yeah dude yeah,
1: george c scott's so good uh yeah amazing. it is uh and yeah just just an amazing film and uh on 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 the hbo they got a little show called the white lotus
0: Kate loves that show. Dude, she's been watching this new season, and mm-hmm. it's usually, like, at the end of a day where I've been making a video or whatever, like, I'll come back into the living room, she's watching it, and as near as I can tell, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, Yeah, I don't know anything that this show's about, but from what I can gather, it seems to be about very attractive people having mm-hmm. dinner in fancy restaurants and having gossipy chats. Is that it?
1: Um... I would say the show's about how those people are terrible and they suck. But yeah, uh-huh. It is about <laughs> That's that. That's it. Okay. Yeah, right. the show the show is about how uh uh rich people suck. But uh yeah. Yeah, it it, it is mostly we discover that rich people suck through uh their behavior on these uh resorts that are owned by a company called the white Lotus. The first one is set in Hawaii and the second one is set in, um, Sicily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Italy. Yeah. And it's a second, a new set of, uh, like characters in the second season. So it's, it's like this really tight, um, well developed character type of driven show that, it feels to me like watching the first season was very much like almost like a Henry James novel, which is something that I love. Mm. Uh, but it, it is, it is sharper. It is much more critical. Uh, and definitely like about how, uh, <laughs> one, uh, rich people suck. Second, white people suck. Third, white people should not go to Hawaii. You've mm-hmm. been asked yeah. not yeah. to go like, just stop going. Uh, yeah. and, and then fourth, that uh, people in the service industry are are um, largely keeping these people happy despite their uh, insufferable demands. And kind of I, going back
0: to the menu, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I I'm I'm just like we've got we've got the menu, we've got this, and we've got a uh, fucking glass onion. I think have all come out in the past couple of years that are just about how rich people fucking suck. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. But also White Lotus is like, especially second season, second season. I, I feel like it's unnecessarily sexy, but in a way that I love, it's very much right. like yeah, HBO yeah. TV where HBO, like they, they tell these great stories and then it's like also boobs,
0: yeah. Like, also, remember? everybody's
1: hot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've uh, I've loved it. Like, just been uh, eating it up, and it's like hour long episodes, but I it just zooms by to me. So like, I' glad to hear Kate's loving it too. Like, it's oh, yeah. such a good show. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Uh, also, on Friday nights, because it's been two weeks, um, we have a little screaming chat where we watch a movie and talk about it on Dick Sword. And Dick sword. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And on Sundays, we we do the same, but we call it Ice Cream Sunday. Uh, We watched several movies. We watched a movie called Deadly Dreams, which is, guess what? A Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff.
0: (laughs) It kind of sounds like it would be from the title.
1: (laughs) Uh, It was okay, though. It was kind of fine. I kind of didn't have much of a problem with it. Same with uh, another Nightmare on Elm Street uh, ripoff we've watched recently. Hellmaster, which I would say is like Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser had a baby.
0: <laughs> I saw your post about yeah. that on the on the Instagram, and I was like, "Is this a King Diamond movie?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it very much has a King Diamond cover. Uh, it, it, you know, both of those, I didn't hate. Like it was, it was, uh, you know, cause we're watching it in the context of everybody's drinking and talking on discord and talking shit about a movie. Uh, it, it you know, we weren't fully appreciating it though. Everybody wasn't hating it. Um, I think if, if I sat down and watched both of them, I'd just be like, oh, ah, that's all right. That's fine. Um, then we, but I, I felt like, I don't know why it's January kind of the doldrums of of winter might be fun just on Sundays to watch something fun. So we watched The Burbs. Oh fuck yeah! You had
0: a good time with that one then.
1: Yeah, we gotta cover that show, cover that on the show because like I have I can't so much have to it. say about
0: that movie. It is Dude, so good. We're gonna Over have we'll three hundred episodes. It. Come on, we gotta <laughs> do that like. Let's do that like summer vacation or something this year. Yeah, right? for
1: sure. Yeah, that that does feel like a summer movie. Um, it came with the frame. <laughs> so good. Man, it, it has so... Because, like, watching it, I've talked about suburban horror before, which is like, you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, all these horror movies that happen in the suburbs, Poltergeist, etc. cetera, and, and what they kind of say about the suburbs. The Burbs just outright says what it wants to say about the suburbs, and I love it. Like, yeah. we gotta... Yeah, we, we'll definitely have to talk about that this summer. Um, and then we also watched Resident Evil, which I thought uh, would be fun. And it was, uh, even though it's, I I don't like it. It's not a good movie. Uh, it's, it's not fun
0: good. Yeah. I want it to be really good. I remember being so stoked whenever it came out, because obviously, you know, I, I love the the first two video games, especially growing up when I did. And I was just like, man, this just feels like a really long music video. And then didn't the director do like a ton of music videos? So I was like, well, Yeah. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, Paul. Uh,
1: Paul it's uh, it's the guy who did um, uh, fucking Event Horizon, right?
0: Paul W. Oh, S. Yeah. Anderson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. not Paul Thomas Anderson. Not yeah. It, it's, yeah. We have we have Paul Anderson at home. Is that yes. one? Yes, I yeah. did. I did make the
1: comment uh, while we were watching it that Paul Thomas Anderson could make a Paul W. S. Anderson film, but not the other way around. Like, Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson could make Event Horizon. And it would be awesome, I bet. Oh, yeah. Like, he's not a genre guy. He's never. I mean, has he done a genre film? Nothing really. It's all like. Very much like ugh, films. I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson films. Yeah, um, that but, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think he could easily step into the role of, of doing a sci-fi film. But Paul W. S. Anderson couldn't even begin to make *Boogie Nights*.
0: <laughs> like, it would be a even, lot kinda. different
1: if he did. Yeah, it'd be it would very be very different. What be. if he
0: did *Memento*? That would be a lot different. Well, that's a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Not not memento. Uh, fucking magnolia. That's oh, what I was magnolia? going for. Magnolia.
1: Paul W S Anderson. Magnolia. I assume Mila Hovovich is going to play the the Tom Cruise role. Perfect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many Resident Evil movies are there think, now? Okay, I think he,
1: in the original continui- continuity there are six. I'm not positive, positive. and I think there was a remake, and there was like a Netflix show. Jesus. Or it might still be running the Netflix show. Not even sure on that. That's I, a lot, dude. Yeah, I I never was a Resident Evil fan. <laughs> Not a huge fan of the Resident Evil games because I never liked the controls.
0: They're wonky. Yeah, yeah. took some getting used to. Yeah, but I
1: have I've played a good bit of it, and it is interesting. I, I, I've never seen more than the first Resident Evil movie, so I kind of want to see the others to see if they ever integrate any of the other weird shit that's in those games.
0: Yeah. Because they have, yeah, like, the I, I've dog been and the liquor. Out, right.
1: Yeah, but they don't have all the other stuff. Huh. Yeah.
0: Maybe one day, man. One Maybe
1: day. we'll get there. Anyway,
0: that's that's uh, it, I think. <laughs> that's
1: plenty, huh? That's a lot uh, of yeah, stuff, man. Yeah, we're like almost an hour into recording. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, we got this uh, uh, amazing intro planned.
0: Just wait till you hear it. Yeah, we do. We've done lots <laughs> of planning. <laughs> lots of planning. Uh, the other stuff that I watched this week, man, whenever we got back, we wanted something fun and chill to watch. So, uh we put on a movie Kate had seen before, but I had not seen the unbearable weight of massive talent, dude. Oh shit. Nick cage. Fuck yes, Mm -hmm. dude. That movie rules. You need to watch it as soon as you fucking can. Okay, cool. Oh my God. The, the amount of Nick cage ness in this movie cannot be contained.
1: Yeah. I, I imagine, I mean, it's, it's, so, can you give me a brief idea of what the movie's about? I haven't read anything cuz I've I've wanted to avoid any spoilers, but
0: what what's going on? Um Oh man. Okay. <laughs> now, so you now can This is okay, an assignment. Yeah. yeah, trying to figure this out. Uh, so Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage okay. in the movie. Uh-huh. He that makes wants sense. to retire from from acting to focus on his family and stuff. Okay. And then ends up getting roped into a an international mission for the US government. In okay. which he has to do a good bit of acting. Almost Team America style.
1: Alright. <laughs> He's gonna... Alright. <laughs> He's gonna act away terrorism or something.
0: Dude, gotcha. yes. Yes, uh, actually. Dude, it is <laughs> bonkers. It is so fucking fun and like right. only Nicolas Cage could have pulled this off. And dude, seeing him and... Uh, fucking pedro pascal in this movie. oh i love pedro pascal okay dude those two interacting with each other is going to delight you so much they are both just fucking morons in this movie (laughs) awesome it's a treasure i (laughs) loved it so much dude. you've it's sold fantastic. me
1: on it by telling me they're absolute fucking morons just that sounds great
0: <laughs> yeah it's really good man uh, while we were there we also watched everything everywhere all at once second oh, yeah. time for just me just talked
1: about and told me I need to watch this of course Fuck, man everybody Fuck. in the world is telling me
0: I need to watch this I need to watch this Still it's happen. the greatest. Like, dude, like legit if you watch it and you're like, I don't get what the hype was about, I hated it. Just I don't doubt tell that me. will happen. Don't yeah, tell I, I me. doubt.
1: I can't imagine that will happen. I, I I'm I'm very interested in seeing it. I don't know what why I
0: keep putting it off. But it's absolutely beautiful and wondrous and will just make you feel so fucking good and energized awesome. and just creatively motivated after you watch that movie. I'm telling you, some of just the choices that they make in that flick creatively are just mind-bogglingly cool it's shit where you go man like i could have done this but i didn't because i'm overthinking stuff too much that movie just fucking goes for it it is truly beautiful a fantastic movie can't recommend it enough
1: awesome i yeah i definitely have to check it out and i i like i seriously like i think i've just like avoided everything about it somehow like I'll almost see a tweet about it and I just scroll past real fast so I really just don't have any idea what to expect
0: good honestly yeah, yeah going into it like cause well honestly I'll, I'll tell you too though I don't know how you could even know what you're walking into Like knowing <laughs> okay <this laughs> nobody could movie, spoil it no uh-huh. like I don't care how many trailers you watch you will watch it and be like I was not expecting that like okay. it's unlike anything you've ever fucking seen it's I'm amazing excited. man and we watched a little glass onion the other night, too. <laughs> yeah. little glass onion. A little glass onion, which, hey, spoiler territory, <gasps> we're going to have a little mini sewed about next week on the show because I'm going to be out playing a board, that big ass ship rocked rock and roll cruise ship gig it's gonna be a ton of fun but i'm gonna be a ton of not here so we just recorded a little (laughs) mini minisode for you guys about a a not horror movie but we just both watched it recently and it's a fun chat hey spoilers it's a great episode it is
1: and also uh totally unplanned yeah uh we 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 went into it totally unplanned but uh uh, I know next week is, is normally a Patreon episode. If you're a Patreon patron, do not yes. worry. We'll be covering a Patreon episode the first week of February and the last week of February. So we're, we're, we're still going to get to you. We just didn't have time to, to put that together.
0: February? More like f- uh, f- fan brewery. Am I right? Yep. <laughs>
1: That's what I've been saying. Fan brewery. Obviously. <laughs> fan brew everywherey
0: is more like it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what. Yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Affirmative. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be talking about that one on the sode, But it uh, kicks ass. It's a fucking great yeah. movie. I yeah, really it liked it a lot. Highly recommend checking that one out. Awesome. And uh, and of course, if you want to submit a movie to the Patreon Smoke and Bowl, you can uh, support us on that old Patreon. Can't yeah,
1: Patreon dot com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head on over there. Uh, and, and yeah, just become a patron on $5 level. You get up, throw a movie into the smoking bowl. Then we draw from the smoking bowl. We cover that
0: movie. It's great. That's right, man. That's right. So sign up today. Give us some dollar papers and the next episode could be yours. All right, Steve. The subject of today's episode Mm -hmm. is one. So I, Mary Dan, aches Murderer. That's right. It's a movie Mm -hmm. that has topics that's true throughout the movie there are several topics yeah Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. one and um we're going to talk about them in the preview palace because that's what we do on the show (laughs) welcome to the preview palace (laughs) that sounded kind of uncertain
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, we may not have anything necessarily planned but we're gonna do a little thing we
0: like to call improvisation that's right. Mm-hmm. That was the entire kind of thing going into this. It's like, what are we doing? I don't know. Let's just make it up. Let's just talk yep. about stuff. Yep. It's a podcast. Isn't that just what it is anyway? You know, Yeah, it's just usually about people stuff.
1: making shit up and just talking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of, of, of this movie, uh, it's from the 90s, right? Sure is. And yeah. the 90s had a lot of stuff that sucked
0: did it really i thought it just had cool stuff
1: oh no 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 the 90s had all sorts of stuff that sucked let's just talk about uh for instance uh poetry readings at coffee
0: shops (laughs) (laughs) you're telling me you never went down to java jazz in jefferson city tennessee
1: i did i I, you know what i'll get into it in the movie portion so nobody who skips through this will miss it i have a, a whole big story about um of uh coffee shop poetry readings but I do want to to discuss just why they suck. Here's the thing: it was a revival <laughs> of the, a thing the beat poets used to do, right? And beats, right? Yeah, the beats get that together. we learned about on on
0: Doug, mm, yeah. Killer Tofu,
1: get together at a coffee shop, smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, you know, getting up on stage, Ooh. talking about your beat poetry life, etc. Oh, I'm such a beatnik. Uh, I'd I'd hitchhiked to Arizona Um, but the thing that they forgot in the 90s when they were trying to revive this was all those people were on heroin all of them yeah yeah they were pretty smacked out the reason they were drinking coffee so they didn't pass out the reason they were in a (laughs) a coffee shop is so they could read their stupid poetry and it wouldn't be too loud because everybody was having a good time (laughs) drinking (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense what we were doing in the 90s. You're like, hey, you want to get really caffeinated and listen to somebody's stupid poetry?
0: Let's go do that. (laughs) I'll wear the dumbest outfit I can find. I honestly can't think of much more that sounds more unappealing than like... Being my age right now and deliberately going to a place where people are are smoking indoors, drinking Mm -hmm. a cup of coffee really late at night. So I'm going (laughs) to be up all night with terrible sleep and listening to some really shitty amateur poetry being read at me. (laughs) And it's packed. It is packed. packed.
1: There's There's like no room. (laughs) and you have to just sit there on fucking all jittered up off of a gigantic fucking punch bowl of coffee a
0: bowl of coffee (laughs) dude what? What were they doing in the nineties, dude? I would much <laughs> rather go and uh, go down to the local uh, dance hall and do some swing dancing in my zoot suit that I was wearing in the nineties because yeah, that made yeah. sense. Were they just trying to bring stuff back? Like anything? Like we're out of ideas, yes. guys. Just fucking yeah. bring anything. Back. Let's try swing dancing again. Sure. Yeah, Why that the fuck was? Not? Yeah,
1: the nineties really was just throwing shit at a wall. I, I mean, honestly. Uh, it, it is it is like the height of white mediocrity. Like
0: <laughs> you know what it is? It's the massive cocaine hangover of the '80s. That's what the yeah. '90s was.
1: Yeah, people. Maybe that's what they were chasing with the coffee shops too. Yeah,
0: They're like if I yeah. drink More enough up.
1: espresso, yeah. it's almost like cocaine, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, dude. Horrible. Horrible dumb stuff in the 90s. But hey, that brings me up to another topic I was going to ask you about. Let's hear Let's just say you go into one of these hip-ass coffee shops. Right. What's your coffee order? I don't think I know your coffee order, dude. Oh, like, I'm boring. Are you a, a macchiato man? What are you doing? Uh, coffee with room for cream.
1: Just, there you go. I don't do anything too interesting usually I mean because I do like those things I like a I like a cappuccino a latte etc all those things are are nice um, but I don't know I, I feel like every time I'm going to get coffee somewhere I'm getting it to go I I feel like like a having one of those foam drinks or whatever is a sitting down like relaxing.
0: That's a leisure drink, yeah. yeah.
1: And, I, yep. and I'm never in a leisure mood when I'm buying coffee from someone else. I normally make my own coffee, and again, it's just I, you know, black coffee. Uh, I, dark I'm roast. Boring.
0: What's your roast preference?
1: Okay, so I do have roast preferences. Yes, yeah, I'm a dark uh, I, man myself. Okay, I do like dark roast, but let's just talk about what it does to our tums. Mm. Um Yeah, it's. Um, it's going to get me moving a little faster than I want in the morning. You know what I'm you saying? You
0: like to move it, move it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a movement, movement for sure. Does dark
0: uh, roast do that more than others?
1: I, From my experience. I don't know huh. that that's true, but I feel like there's more acidity that, that is, is fucking up my stomach with dark roast. But I do love the taste of dark roast. Yeah, but I, I tend to like lighter roast because you can taste more... Flavors in there, like if you're getting a good, a good coffee, I, I tend to like a lighter or a medium roast because it feels like to me I can tend to get more flavors other than just the chocolatiness of a of a dark roast or the mm-hmm. that kind of. I don't know what you call that burnt ass Starbucks flavor. I'll yeah, call it burnt garbage. ass
0: Starbucks flavor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I call it bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. Just just coffee and cream. I never really fuck with any kind of sugar. Like even no, if I do like you like a, don't need a, it. Yeah. A, no, like an iced latte is my afternoon drink. If I'm getting like an afternoon kind of coffee, yeah, I like uh-huh. just a plain iced latte. That's really good. But yeah, in the morning, I'm going for function plus flavor. Do I? Uh, okay. I need something to wake me up. Yeah, but yeah. also I want it to taste good.
1: I also have to be honest that I don't normally get coffee anywhere else. So, when I make my own coffee, and this is going to sound insane to anyone uh, who, who loves coffee or whatever, uh, I am making a protein shake with the coffee. So oh, I'm yeah, using yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm using, like, uh, uh, I do normally 16 ounces of coffee, 8 ounces of milk, and a scoop of protein powder. Mm, mm-hmm. And the milk is there not to water down the coffee, which I'm sure coffee fans would be you know, absolutely scandalized by, but uh, it is there for the protein. <laughs> like, it's a functional drink that is uh, also very tasty because the protein powder is chocolate and it goes well with the coffee. And then, especially if you get the right coffees, uh, which I I have found very good, like Ethiopian coffee tends to go really well with the chocolate. I'm a big mm. fan of this. That's, how, that's what I have three times a day, every day.
0: Damn, three times, man. I, I'm still so fucking caffeine sensitive i'd be fucking climbing the walls i think my heart would be oh, beating out of my chest
1: yeah the second two are only eight ounces of coffee each i'm not doing Oof. i'm not doing fucking uh what was that it'd be 32 48 48 ounces, 48 yeah. ounces. i couldn't do that no <laughs>
0: Okay, let's say you're in that 90s ass coffee house having your coffee and the radio is playing some 90s ass bands. When uh-huh. I say fucking 90s ass band, who do you think is like the most 90s of 90s oh, bands, Oh, man. So it has
1: to be a band that exists within the 90s only and really exemplifies the 90s that's I a know. tough one
0: Cause to like, me dude like the kings are the fucking gin blossoms like you wow. think that okay. I'm not serious but dude if you go through no I, I'm gonna say you're right maybe <laughs> that's a dude, possibility I'm serious like you go back through and listen through their catalog and listen to all their hits and you're like holy shit this band had like 30 fucking number one hits in the 90s, and they're yeah. all really good. They all kind of sound the same, and they're all fucking awesome. They I are. still I, love they,
1: it. They lost their first singer, right? And that was kind of yeah, where yeah. they lost a lot of their fans, but it's also when they kind of became famous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm-hmm. Dude, all those songs fucking... Yeah, Allison Road and Found Out About You. It's funny because if you hear me saying those song titles, you might be like, I don't think I know that song. You'll listen to it and be like, oh... I listened to this song a million times when I was 13 years old, and it's fucking great, dude. Gin blossoms, I'm telling you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, because, yeah, you say that, and I think they have two songs on the Empire Records soundtrack.
0: Yep, they which do. To me which we is just watched. We, the we watch most Empire 90s Records movie. The the day, now that I right, think about does it? it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's kind of like it really exemplifies the 90s, and it's not like the early neon 90s and it's not the late fucking you know uh everybody's dressed like an idiot 90s it's just that mid period where it feels the most like the
0: 90s to me totally a little bit of flannel this and that Mm -hmm. fucking great man anthony lapaglia oh yeah anthony
1: lapaglia who's in this yeah
0: yeah that's right man that's right yeah i think gin blossoms that's my vote right there
1: yeah awesome i mean i don't know who else i might say i mean the wallflower is very 90s sort of band but i'm also mm-hmm. thinking of like i don't know uh spin doctors How spin about Doct- that? yeah yeah i was gonna try to go earlier 90s yeah, spin doctors for sure that because like they are on so many soundtracks throughout the 90s like oh my god yeah
0: <laughs> Like, any you gotta love Triangle, you gotta play Two Princes. <laughs> That's Absolutely just how it goes. Absolutely <laughs> so, man. Yep. And hey, I'll put this out there. Any audio files out there. Go back and listen to that song and tell me that the, the fucking snare tone and just in general the drum mix isn't unbelievable. Dude, the tones on that are mm-hmm. fucking awesome. I don't know who did that record, but it still sounds like a gazillion dollars. What about a hoodie? That's a pretty fucking 90s outfit. Kind of extended into the arts, though.
1: He doesn't sound much different than the spin doctor's guy. He's, uh, the spin doctor's guy is a little like more toward the like uh, the the high side. side. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, and then yeah, you got Darius Rucker with that like lower lower tone, but they kind of have a same like cadence to him and stuff but yeah i think that's kind of a 90s cadence too uh but yeah the hootie is god they do they survive outside the 90s even i
0: don't it's kind of hard to say because darius yeah. has had a pretty successful solo career right. yeah post 90s but yeah. the rest of the band the blow fish i don't know what they're up to <laughs> blowing fish i imagine <laughs> is that what that was about he was
1: advertising <laughs> i'm just saying i'll do it i'm just saying listen if there's a fish out there we suck that dick.
0: <laughs> Give me a little fish, and I'll suck a dick. <laughs> Blowing all the fish. <laughs>
1: fucking great. That's good Darius Rucker right there. <laughs> Thank you. I, I practice for just such an occasion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what about them tabloid topics, bro? What do you oh, remember about seeing dude. the fucking midnight sun at the grocery checkout counter, bro?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I remember... Because my my aunt was huge on tabloids. She would get The Inquirer, The Star, The Sun, and Weekly World News. And I'll talk about Weekly World News when we get to the movie again. But Inquirer and Star, I I remember them talking so much about Kathy Lee
0: Gifford. The notorious KLG.
1: Yeah, they would talk about Kathy Lee Gifford all the fucking time, and she's like a host of today, and and it's like it still blows my mind. There is a segment of the population that cares about Kathy Lee Gifford, like they. What did she ever do? (laughs) She was (laughs) she was always in the fucking. Tabloids constantly in the tabloids. I do not know what she does. What does she do? She's insufferable,
0: by the way. (laughs) I mean, have you gone back and watched any like clips of like Regis and Kathy from back in the day? God damn, she is just horrific. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I remember that when I'm thinking of tabloid headlines, it's something about. Kathy Lee Gifford almost every time. Or there'd be something about Vanna
0: White. And very, rem- I do remember this. Donald Trump was in those all the time. Pretty frequently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. See, I remember him as like Granny Mags. Like, everybody's yeah, uh-huh. fucking Meemaw mm-hmm. loved him. Everybody's them. Meemaw had him, yes. Yeah, a son or any of those, uh-huh. man. And I remember just seeing like those covers. You know, when I, when I was like a kid, I was like five or six or something, and seeing, you know, yeah, fucking Bat Boy. And there was always that yes. like really obese like asian baby that kid yeah, kept yeah, coming they back that, they show that they in, this in this film.
1: uh-huh yeah the the world's largest baby yeah they would use that all the time and i yeah there'd be like a alien abduction angle a lot or uh yeah somebody impregnated by something Bigfoot, or, or like someone that. who wasn't supposed to be pregnant being pregnant etc <laughs> uh, they show that in here, too. Like, uh, pregnant man or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, they do, don't they? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I I remember, like, I love Weekly World News. Like, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much as a kid. I knew it wasn't true. Like, I knew it was bullshit. But it was like, that was fun. Like, I thought,
0: like, oh, they make this newspaper full of bullshit. It's fun. <laughs> I just remember being so confused about it and, like, asking my mom, like, but Wait. It's not real, but people buy it and read it, and it's supposed to look like it's real? <laughs> yeah. I guess.
1: That was how we did things back then, before you could just post shit on the internet.
0: You know what? Yeah. 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 I mean, it the internet is
1: no better. It's it's far worse, even, because there's like so much like illusion of legitimacy that I would say the Inquirer didn't have. So you can just say whatever shit you want on Twitter, and it's going to have more reach than the Inquirer ever had.
0: And then at the same time, the fucking boomers who were like, oh, no, the tabloids are fake are like, it's real. I saw it on Twitter. Yes. God damn it. (laughs) The the nineties happened? The the 90s were
1: fucking weird, man.
0: But, you know, that is the the golden, to some people, age of, of SNL, where we had well, all yeah. these fond memories of, like, our mega SNL cast that we had when we were kids. I mean, mm-hmm. all these people, fucking Phil Hartman. Mike and Myers, yeah. Mike Myers, Chris Farley. Dana Carvey. Uh, Tim Meadows. Yeah. Like, yeah. so many people in the cast back then were just, like, on fire, and that produced mm-hmm. a lot of... SNL movies, man. We had the Coneheads, we had Wayne's World, we had yeah. all kinds of shit. Were there any like standouts to you? Like, what is the number one SNL oh, my spin-off SNL movie. movie? Which I guess you can say that this is kind of an SNL movie mm, because the character kinda. of Michael Myers' uh, uh, Scottish dad appeared on SNL before this movie.
1: I I had a uh, like a bet in my head how long it would take for you because you always call Michael Myers Mike Myers and I was <laughs> yeah. wondering how long it would take for you to call Mike Myers Michael Myers and this is Tight. how long yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: about
1: an hour twenty <laughs> yeah yeah I uh, actually like uh because I, I I loved Mike Myers as a kid Wayne's yeah. World I'd say is like my SNL pinnacle, movie man. yeah
0: is it one or two boy
1: that's a tough one. Uh it's two probably two. It's probably two, honestly, cuz I I remember one, but like and, and like the 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 Bohemian Rhapsody scene of course was legendary. Legendary, but yeah, two. I remember loving more. It's probably cuz I was just a little bit older and got the jokes better.
0: To um, me those two movies are just seamless. Yeah. Like they They're are great. just so perfect where it's like if you're watching one, you're going to watch two right after it, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a fun Saturday, right there. It is. Uh-huh. What about so you? So good, man. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think probably Wayne's World. I, I now want to go back and watch one and two back to back to try to decide which one I liked more. But you know, honestly, like even some of that other shit that we had, like fucking Nine at the Roxbury and all those mm-hmm. other stupid ones, still had yeah. some really funny shit. And I'm like, there was. There was a lot of good stuff getting turned out around yeah, this time. Yeah, I loved Coneheads as a
1: kid. Like, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much the humor stands up uh, for adults now, but as a kid, uh, the you know I liked Dan Aykroyd, I liked Aliens, and I liked SNL, and so it, it kind of hit all those elements. And then it's just got a lot of kind of silly shit, like you know when he eats like the whole like tablecloth and whatnot. That was really oh, yeah. up
0: my alley. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> it was a weird one, for sure, right? It
1: was, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, the 90s, man. Oh, yeah. the 90s. You know, one thing I was going to ask you about, too. So, this movie... And again, spoiler territory ahead here. Uh, whenever I saw Honey Bunny on screen... Uh-huh. Yep. I, I knew something was going on, and there's uh-huh. certain actors that just have that, like, right. oh, okay, something fucked up is going to be going right. on with this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, those, like you know red flag actors mm-hmm. where it's like you're in here so i know something the fuck is up like yeah to me when i think about those like super sus actors man and Dowd is the fucking queen like really? ever okay. since fucking yeah. hereditary i'm like yeah. bitch you're in this movie get the fuck out of this movie get the fuck out of here stay away from these kind people that i care about bitch <laughs>
1: okay that's Ooh. all right yeah, no i uh, i I can get that i <laughs> I didn't think of her immediately. I kind of thought of of, of like um, Ray Fiennes. I usually even when yeah. he, he is trying not playing a bad guy, I'm like he's probably a bad guy though. Like that's outside of this story, yeah. he's probably a bad person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I I'm not saying about Dragon. Ray
1: Fiennes at all, but he, he maybe he, he, you are though. I mean, maybe he, I am no, but he like pulls that off somehow where everything is kind of a little sinister and a little suspect to me always.
0: I totally agree with that, man. Yeah. We should do Red Dragon on this show. Sometime. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. We yeah, I mean we did uh, we did uh, Silent to the Lambs. We got we got yeah. a couple others we could do for sure.
0: That's true, man. Mm-hmm. This is the Jacobis changing. <laughs>
1: Jesus God. he's great in that he's great in everything though I mean he, he always brings it
0: I'd like to watch that movie again it's been a long time since I watched that one
1: yeah yeah I I haven't seen Red Dragon probably I, I think actually now that I think about it I think I did see it kind of recently because yeah I did I actually saw it on TV kind of recently so I saw like part of it and I was like wait a second wasn't something missing there and then I was like wait a second right this is on TV and then I just stopped paying attention there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's probably
0: something to do with it, huh? Yeah. So, 90s stuff. Yeah. So, there you go, guys. Impromptu Palace. That's what we should call this. <laughs> Welcome to the Impromptu Palace. Welcome
1: to the Impromptu Palace.
0: There we go. You're now leaving the Impromptu Palace. <laughs> Just stuff about them. Who gives a shit? Anyway. Yeah. It's movie time. <laughs> Review the show and give us money on Patreon. I don't yeah. Thank you. So, so, I Married an Axe Murderer. This was the choice of your wife. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh Emily she she loves this
1: movie. Uh we as I said we just recently rewatched it around Thanksgiving and we were you know again just like hilarious. It's great. Um and it is. I I I mean Mike, Mike Myers is hilarious. Uh Anthony uh, Paglia fucking every scene he's in. I think honestly I don't think there's a moment he he's on screen that there's not something funny happening. Yeah, uh, that's true. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. But what i discovered in watching it for a podcast to talk about it was huh i don't know if i think the rest of the movie is great like i'm laughing at the comedy i'm enjoying it but if i'm thinking about the movie if i'm thinking about like the the way that it's playing out the characters etc i'm
0: not so great So that's the thing, and I'm I'm glad to hear you say this, because this is one of those movies that I I somehow, even though I have this like massive love and nostalgia for for the 90s, -hmm. I somehow have made it this long and I've never seen this movie until the other night but i've yeah. always been surrounded by people they're around me all the time it's like a hive of people around me 24 mm-hmm. 7 steve mm-hmm. it drives me insane yeah and they're always telling me like oh that's such a great movie like that's a great fucking yeah mike myers uh classic it's so funny i love that movie it's so 90s yada yada i've had people telling me that this is a fantastic you know underrated comedy gym for right. so long and i was really excited to watch it because it had all this hype around it and again without any sort of veneer of nostalgia or anything i watched it the other night and i was like i don't know it's it's okay yeah. so i'm i'm glad to hear you say like yeah it's fun but there's there's some some problems with yeah. the movie i was wondering if i was going to come on here and be like i didn't adore it and you'd be like you bastard. Femur. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no i i um and you know i do have a nostalgia for this film i saw it in theaters i was a huge mike myers fan as a kid uh still still think he's great um but i i liked it when i saw it in the theater of course i was a kid so the stuff that stood out to me was all the jokes uh not even all the jokes some of the jokes because i didn't get all the jokes um and then I saw it a bunch on HBO after that, but again, I'm still a kid, so I'm not really processing everything. And then watching it around Thanksgiving, you know, we're having some drinks and stuff, and I'm really just catching the jokes and not paying too much attention to the plot and stuff. And uh, all that all that time I'm like, I I really think this is a good movie. Now watching it, I, I think I think that it is a Funny movie, I think. As a as a comedy, it, it, it definitely brings the laughs, but it's got issues like script wise and character wise that I, I think we definitely should address. And first, I would say that the script originally had Harriet as the killer, and if that had happened, I think this movie would be better. It would be like you know improved a bunch.
0: I can I can see that, and mm-hmm. like doing a little bit of research about the movie after I watched it, and finding yeah. out that there were a lot of changes made yeah. to that script mm-hmm. along the way to make it less dark and less fucked up and stuff. Uh, you can definitely watch this movie and be like, oh yeah, this kind of reeks of last minute changes in yeah, a lot of it ways. Does.
1: It does. I mean, even the one of the montages they show, it looks like they just had a bunch of like cut scenes, like just they just had cut stuff out and then they were like oh we haven't really built up their relationship can we just have a montage of some of the stuff we cut out
0: yeah just the, put the cutesy stuff in there yeah sure. just
1: put the cutesy stuff in yeah um it i i think like if if it had harriet as the killer at the end then the actress who plays harriet could play it knowing she's the killer whereas in yeah. this she knows she's not the killer so she's playing everything as completely innocent but the stuff she's doing is fucking creepy like when she's like isn't it weird how when you're asleep i could kill you in your sleep and then he freaks out and she's like (laughs) i was just trying to tell you how i love you god (laughs) that's that's a way to do it yeah i mean that that moment it's like yeah but she's playing innocent because she knows she's innocent because she's read the script. Um, if she were guilty, this scene would make sense because <laughs> this is psychopathic. Who the fuck is laying in bed with their significant other and is like, isn't it crazy how if you were asleep, I could just stab you in your fucking ear?
0: Yeah. You know? That just seems like that's just for the people in the crowd watching a movie yes. called So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes, exactly. And, and, and that, I mean,
1: that's the type of scene that would make sense if she was the killer, but it doesn't make sense, uh, except as you said, to throw the people in the audience off the scent. Of course, there's no actual scent that her sister is the murderer, which is, again, a problem to me. Her sister's in a few scenes before. She's shown as a little quirky, but you wouldn't yeah. think like, oh, she mur- she murdered
0: all these other guys etc right to me yeah. the flag was just like oh it's honey bunny from pulp fiction so <laughs> right I was like, it's amanda Plummer, so she probably killed somebody yeah yeah like she's one of those people that's <laughs> not often in movies being somebody that's totally normal and right. innocuous she's and just she's one great. of those people that has yeah. a vibe she yeah she's she's, she's fantastic and she she's knows what really she's
1: doing like she's when she's being a little creepy she's doing a good job of trying to project creepy but they just don't have enough for us to have ever guessed it's the sister. And of course, we couldn't have guessed it's the sister because it's like, it, it's like, okay. So as you said, yeah, there were a ton of changes. Um, so so the original script written by Robbie Fox, uh, over half of it and, and most of all of the humor scenes were changed by um, Mike Myers and uh, his, his buddy, Neil Malarkey. That's right neil malarkey uh i hold on just Did a Joe second
0: biden make a person up <laughs>
1: maybe <laughs> but that, that makes sense there but also I, i'll just point out the director's name is tommy Schlamy, and the guy who <laughs> co-wrote with mike myers is neil malarkey are these mike myers characters
0: I'm pretty sure these are Mike Myers' characters. Yeah, this is him playing multiple people.
1: <laughs> he showed up on, on set on. and he was like, oh, it's me, Tommy Shlammy. I'm a director, aren't I? Ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> me, your buddy, Neil Malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> like, doing a silly voice. <laughs> what?
1: Uh, but anyway, so Mike Myers and Neil Malarkey, they, they rewrote the script largely. Um, and, and I feel like from what I read about the original script, uh, the original script was kind of, uh, the idea was that uh, Robbie Fox and, and one of the producers were sitting around talking about how uh, they thought women were out to destroy them. And the, the film was supposed to be about fear of, of commitment and fear of, of all that stuff. Uh, probably would have been, I, I, I don't want to paint it with this brush without having read it, but it feels like... It would have been a bit more misogynist, uh, and that's not good. So I I, I I, can get maybe some of the rewriting to make it more charming, though there is still some good old misogyny in there, some of that 90s misogyny for fun. Um, I never saw nobody getting massaged. <laughs> but I think it, it's clear that, like, uh, like from what i read that mike myers wanted to do so like he you know wanted to do some of his comedy and whatnot but he also wanted to do some more serious acting stuff in there and then you know that was already kind of in the script so they added more of the comedy uh and and the script kind of becomes this uneven mess once they're done with it i think like i agree it's mostly
0: a rom-com and then 10 minutes of a thriller slash horror movie and then uh, also just like random moments of like silly Mike Myers doing funny voices, yeah, and or just goofy going to,
1: or going to Alcatraz to see a fucking uh, amazing performance from Phil, Phil Hartman as yeah. John Johnson, aka Vicky, Vicky, yeah, <laughs> fucking amazing performance and and like just a great funny like what the fuck moment that always stuck out to me as a kid and still hits for me as an adult, but then like as an adult thinking about this movie i was like why wait, why, why are they there why like
0: yeah like <laughs> you live there and alcatraz? you do this tourist ass
1: shit yeah like you're two people who live in san francisco one of you is a cop you're going to go out to alcatraz to take the tour okay i mean all right i'll accept maybe that's going to happen uh but like what what was the point of the scene the scene is just like him telling him like hey i met this girl okay yeah they could have been doing
0: that like at a diner or on a yeah, anywhere, bench, yeah. like anything
1: yeah like set, set up a reason why they're going to alcatraz would have been more interesting to me but whatever it, again like some of these some of these are going to seem like little quibbles because it's a comedy but like i we're also on a pod pack a podcast uh, god damn it that's also what on we're a here to past. do is quibble uh-huh. podcast
0: we do it's quibble a, it, but it's also a blast I d- from the podcast
1: i don't think this isn't funny i'm not i'm not picking apart the comedy but i i, I just think like the tone kind of fucks with me here because some of the stuff is overly like trying to be serious and and then like some of the stuff is just ridiculous absurd funny and then suddenly it's like uh, it's supposed to be this thriller moment but also it's played with a lot of like comedy so like it, it's hard to attach to any sense of of what the movie's trying to do other than be funny which again that it does
0: well. hmm Yeah. yeah. It, it is just kind of all over the place. And that even, I think, goes with that tone of what I thought a lot of the movie was going to be about, which is a a fear of commitment, where at the start yeah. of this movie, we're introduced to, you know, Mike Myers' character who has ended all of these relationships with women that he's been around because he has this fear of commitment. Right. And he ends up meeting, you know, this, this wonderful, cool chick. Mm-hmm. And again, finds a reason to get the cold feet. It's like, oh, I suspect that she's this Miss X that has been murdering her husbands all over the country. Uh Uh-huh. And then it's just like, oh, nope, not valid. It was her sister doing it. Yeah. So, like, what's the message about commitment this is trying to put out Yeah,
1: exactly. That's where it loses, like, any sort of, like, coherence, right? Because if she's the killer, then it's, like, this, like, good ironic twist at the end. Like, he was so afraid of commitment, and he finally gives in he finally is like interested and and, and is like Commits. i, marry I can, this woman yeah. i can move past this fear even though he has this suspicion she's this killer uh and then it turns out it is in fact she is that and he shouldn't have committed oops <laughs> made a yeah. mistake uh and it and you know almost cost you your life that that's like of course you know it's a comedy so it would have to end as the original script did end with uh neither of them dying but her being in prison and him coming to visit her on their anniversary so Mm -hmm. like it that ending then like it hints at like he's still committed to her like that's cool and dark. So like, I yeah, like that exactly. So he's gotten, he's actually gotten over his fear of commitment, and, and the worst possible thing, the thing he was most anxious about, happened, and he survived it, and he's overcome it, and actually he is in love with her. And it's like that's dark and fucked up and interesting and a good like character arc.
0: Yeah, but but no, instead, we don't get that. We got <laughs> Yeah, like, we, I don't know twist it was the sister all along yeah and like her yeah her sister didn't suspect her somehow yeah, of murdering somehow, all her past
1: husbands never had a suspicion that her sister may have done this of course I, I'm guessing her sister because her sister's the person who owns that gigantic loft in San Francisco uh, we'll talk the about, 90s you have yeah. to live in a loft <laughs> you have to live in a loft and also rent was I think it was they paid you to stay places right
0: yeah yeah well you could work as a you know a butcher and afford a place like that apparently
1: well she afforded the butchery as well (laughs) like also that that was hers also you could be a part-time poet who reads one poem one night a week at a coffee shop and just be fine
0: and volunteer to be a butcher just for funsies (laughs) so you can hang around a girl (laughs) that's not for one not osha approved there is no truth in this art and again these are these aren't complaints this is that's normal in movies but yeah i i was confused like what it what 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 is his job like i was so confused yeah. about that entire thing too
1: yeah i i do think his job is like that is it that's what we're supposed to understand is that he is he's one of them poets that you hear about that makes money
0: off of poetin <laughs> oh okay yeah. he's one of them scribers all right yeah, I, mean, I think that the the turn too, as far as like the sister being the one that was you know killing all the husbands and stuff. It's just like, why did you do it? They were taking my sister away from me, and like that's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of fizzles right there to me. Yeah,
1: I like I like her attention. I guess a whole bunch, <laughs> killing bunch.
0: That's how much. Yeah, yeah, and and that's it. Yeah, like that that to me is like you've murdered three people brutally. Yeah. And it's that simple? Like, you guys were raised by the same people, and you just turned out to be an absolute psycho?
1: Yeah. I I think, honestly, like, this is, like, the, the fact that Harriet really doesn't have character. Like, she has no character because they've made her not the killer. So, all the things we know about her are that she has a sister who kills her husband's uh, and all the things we suspect about her aren't true. So her, the only thing we know about her is that her sister kills her, her husbands, And she, I guess she likes meat. But, I mean, it's just a job. <laughs> we don't meat. even know she likes it. It's just a job. Yeah. Like, her character gets no development because she's not the killer. If she were the killer, she'd be so much more developed. Like, we'd be watching that scene where... You know, she's she's trying to get him to drink that drink. And really, really like that would mean something by the end. Instead of it mm. just being him being silly. Like it would mean like, wait, maybe she was gonna poison him. Maybe he did mm-hmm. avoid being poisoned there. He wasn't just being ridiculous. But instead it's just no, he's just it's just a silly scene. But yeah. now now like no stakes, no stakes, no stakes. All stakes in the world. All the, the stakes, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> And he's yeah. kind of getting some of that news from uh from from the fake news, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yes he is. He's get- <laughs> He is getting his news from Weekly World News. Um which is I I mean we you know Weekly World News was huge in the 90s and and that scene with his mom is is like I I almost felt like I was watching you know a uh, uh, several different southern ladies I knew as a kid. Like totally so did. many who were like that's the news there. It's what happened. Uh, <laughs> it says right here. They wouldn't print it if it was lies, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he is getting his news from the Weekly oral News, which was, I mean, just a joy to read as a kid. Just one of my favorites. But it definitely isn't a source of news. But he's it's right. He it turns out to be right, which is like a fun twist, right? Yeah. I, I mean it. It's not fully like because we're we're told it's this mrs x character so it's not like it has to be harriet or the sister so that still pays off where you got a good joke where actually the weekly world news got it right mm-hmm. they know they they discovered like they, they had some journalist at the weekly world news who i guess came to the editor and was like listen i've noticed there have been these three murders And I want to follow up on it. And the guy who just approved another Bat Boy story is like, all right, fucking here's the company credit card. Go for it, man. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, the fake news. they, they, They somehow got it right this one time. Which is fun? It is fun. That's yeah. That's there's so many like great elements of the movie, and I'm not like ruined on the movie for the future. I could watch it again and be like, yeah, this is funny. Um, but I definitely d- do believe like they either needed to do more with the sister, or just keep Harriet as the killer.
0: Yeah, totally agree, man. Yeah, I think that would have been a more interesting uh, story and a darker story. Yeah, for sure than uh than what we ended up with here for sure uh but you know i can't take away from some of the great stuff about this movie the cast and all the cameos oh man so
1: good a delight
0: obviously uh
1: mike myers absolutely killing it as always like i think they're playing two roles playing two roles which was uh apparently in the the table read the they hadn't yet gotten an actor to play stewart and since Stuart was based off of... Our, well, uh, Mike Myers then read the, the part for the table read, and he had done it based off of his dad. Like, he had kind of, like, did the mannerisms and stuff of his father. And uh, everybody loved it in the room, so they were just like, hey, we could just put makeup on him. <laughs> He'll be the dad. And this is, of course, uh, like, watching this, you see the seeds for... Um, uh, Austin Powers and you see the uh, seeds for Shrek all in the fact that he sat at that table and decided well since they don't have an actor I'll read it like that's awesome like this movie at the very least brought us those two things Uh, even even if you know uh, I don't love the tone of the film (laughs) like I still acknowledge it's hilarious and it brought us even better stuff and that's great
0: it's true and it gave the bird lady from home alone another job
1: (laughs) yes brenda fricker's in this and she's awesome like she's really funny she's getting to be you know a character instead of just oh that poor homeless lady i I guess if she's homeless or we don't know for sure (laughs) uh that poor bird lady uh, yeah, she's got so much more character in this and and the, her and uh Mike Myers as Stuart are great together. Super they cute. Are. Yeah. They are.
0: And yeah, some of those elements too where he's like playing his dad. It's like they they are they are funny and of course you're always going to, you know, quote, "If you want my body and you think I'm <laughs> yes. like of course that sticks out in your head. Heed. move. Now. He'd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the same time, it's like, it's almost too silly for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like kind of my issue is like, like the tone, like the rest of the movie doesn't reach that comedy level. And it does, it, it just kind of drags down a lot of what's happening. It's just not that interesting to see, you know, a, a second montage to There She Goes, which is <laughs> oh played, my God. I think, five times in this film.
0: Oh, Uh, so many fucking times they play that song. And it just kind of slows
1: down the film that second. I think there's like, I think there are two montages. I may be wrong. But if there's there's only one montage, it slows down the film and shouldn't even be there. But it, it is there because honestly, they didn't do a good job of setting up that they're two people you'd want to see married. So you need a quick montage of them liking each other. Yeah. i honestly don't think they're a good couple <laughs> like they shouldn't be married this is a weird relationship i i like you're not ever going to be happy uh and, and also her sister tried to kill you <laughs> so that now now like you have this person who does weird ass shit that already fucking scares the shit out of you and you know her sister's a murderer how's this gonna work
0: That seems like that's going to lead to some tensions later on down the road. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: thinking so. So Possibly. Yeah, but again, comedies don't have to be perfect in that way. The problem is, as you said, the parts that drag down the comedy, the parts where they're trying to do something more serious, I guess. uh, I mean, they definitely are doing like rom-com, but the problem is Mike Myers is not bland enough to be a
0: rom-com lead i totally agree yeah it's like he's he's somehow supposed to be this like everyday joe fear of commitment kind of guy that's right you know maybe a little bummed about his past relationships like a lot of people in yeah. rom-coms but then also he's this guy who's really funny that does silly voices yeah. and like zany beat poetry it's
1: and he's got again, it's like these are two different boy face like he doesn't have like the the you know john cusack or who else is in a rom-com uh tom hanks matthew, well tom hanks has a sweet face matthew mcconaughey he doesn't yeah. have that like that i i'm the leading man type of look but he also isn't bland enough for us to just like put ourselves in his spot and be like i'll be that fella
0: and I felt like they were kind of trying to like make him kind of sexy a few times in this. Yes. Which sorry Mike Myers, like sorry if you're listening right now and you're like I'm dead sexy, <laughs> but <laughs> well he, you know. That's
1: the thing is he is he is in uh in Austin Powers. I've known a ton of women who've said actually, you know, cuz he he owns it, he's confident. Like he is sexy. AP uh, can get it. Yeah. So he, Mike Myers I think is playing I don't know like when you see him in interviews and stuff and when you see him in other stuff if you can feel his charm coming through all the time mm-hmm. when he's trying to do the serious moments in this I, I don't feel his charm coming through and I think it's because it's his first time trying to do some serious acting uh, maybe like where he's he's kind of learning how to come off as genuinely serious because when he's trying to be serious it doesn't feel as genuine to me Mm-hmm it yeah. feels like a little off and and that's again like the the movie could have played to his strengths better is what i'm saying mm-hmm. not that uh, you know he's not doing a great job in this cuz every single one of those like uh poetry performances
0: is great and that's him
1: he's fucking nailing yeah. it
0: he's killing sure. it sure yeah. that that's definitely his uh definitely his niche and yeah the thing about it is like the tone of the humor in this to me, is so all over the place. Where yeah. there's there's kind of like basic rom com humor. Mm-hmm. There's zany '90s SNL like what yeah. the fuck kind of moments. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like drier stuff too, like Anthony Lapaglia and <laughs> Alan Arkin. Arkin. Oh, fuck, that's like the funniest those shit. Those two, the movie. dude. Yeah. yeah, and they're doing a much more like. Dry, subdued, dry thing, Subdued yeah. thing yeah. that's like actually funnier than the wacky yeah. stuff going on. Where yeah. you know, he totally wants to be fucking, yeah, Serpico. He wants to be yeah. TV cop guy and have his uh-huh. police chief who's like, oh, he's coming down on him. And they do <laughs> these cute little bits with each other where he's like, did I do it right when I yelled at you and shit? <laughs> like, it's kind of cute, like they're in a relationship, yeah. Great, I love but it. it's like it's all these different flavors. Of, of comedy. humor. Like yeah. you know, like Wayne's world works so well because it is all that one lane of humor. It is yeah. all mm-hmm. silly zany nineties SNL kind of stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. stuff like Naked Gun. I mean, that is yeah. one flavor silly of humor the whole yeah. time, and it's fucking perfect for it. This I feel like is trying to dip toes in several different waters. Yeah. And it kind of makes it confusing to me. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree. And critics at the time agreed. Like if you read people's reception of it, it was it was seen as either like you know funny but uneven and tone you know tonally all over the place, or you know also some people just said they didn't even find it funny. Uh, they were wrong, of course. Uh, <laughs> they did find it funny. They just don't know. Uh, I I think that like it it has a. A dedicated audience of people who either kind of grew up on it, or you know have have never had to watch it for a podcast.
0: <laughs> where like
1: you don't need <laughs> probably to pick, a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and honestly, yeah. Like it's always my fear when we do something with comedy in it because picking apart comedy is just boring, and it, it kind of sucks to do too. Because if a thing makes you laugh, it really doesn't matter. Nothing matters about it if it makes yeah. you laugh, it's accomplished the goal so as a comedy it makes me laugh and it nailed it mm-hmm. uh, but as a film as a storytelling device as as a media about characters um, it I don't know I, I, I as, you, as you said like it doesn't it doesn't do. It doesn't do enough in between the comedy to keep me, you know, wanting to watch it. But it also each comedic scene is a different type of like because the absurdity of Mike Myers as his dad and being like over the top drunken Shrek um, is great. But then some of the other comedy is just Mike Myers being a little bit silly with his girlfriend, which is like, well, that's funny, but it's not like on the same level. Yeah. Uh, and then I just said, the Anthony Paglia when he's with Alan Arkin and with Stephen Wright, it's both just like two hilarious scenes that are real subdued. Like the cameos
0: strung me along with this. Yeah. cuz really like it is very much a who's who of 90s comedy right, where yeah. you're like every 20 minutes you're like, "Oh shit. Fucking Kramer showed up? What?" <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's always weird to see Michael Richards especially in this era when Seinfeld was already on um screen. It had been on for like four seasons by the time he he's doing this. Uh so like, you know, he's he's just doing this like like um Phil Hartman and and uh, Stephen Wright and several others just doing this because they want to work with Mike Myers. Uh, and it's a great scene, but it's also like, well, man, fucking Michael Richards. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Why'd you have to <laughs> fuck everything up? Like, why'd you do that, yeah. dude? Come on. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's, he's great in that scene. I'm the insensitive man. Like... <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> really funny now yeah the, fucking the charles groden showing oh, up later charles man Grodin. beethoven dad <laughs> that's another again another scene with anthony lula paglia and another person just doing some more like subdued almost deadpan like uh, charles groden is like deadpan as fuck throughout the scene it's great um i yeah i i think those cameos are great i think you know, again, Mike Myers is so funny, but then there's the scenes where he has to... It's like, it's. it almost feels like there are scenes where he's doing a lot of improvising or, like, really going over the top with it, and then other scenes where he's reading the script, and those jokes just don't meet. You know what?
0: that that is it i think that you yeah. just kind of found the thing that does make it seem kind of uneven is yeah. like they didn't quite let him off the chain enough just yes. to do his own it thing should be more all the time mike myers for sure yes yeah or more stick to the script it's like yeah. the, the the balance the is other. yeah kind of weird i think you're right i think that is what makes it kind of kind of odd in yeah. a lot of ways tonally to me yeah also, though, did you catch that cameo by, and again, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it, Lunell?
1: Yes, it does have Lunell in there. She's fucking, I don't know if it's a cameo so much as just an acting role at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, really, right? Yeah. <laughs> I. Th- but I thought that about Debbie Mazar as well, who oh, yeah. uh, plays uh, uh, Tony's girlfriend, and then I saw that listed as a cameo, and I was like, wait, what? Debbie Mazar, like, is, this is like early interactive careers. This seems like a role. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it's a cameo. Who knows? I don't know how... What defines a cameo? Is it like... That's a good question. Is it if you... Like, do you have to sing Word uh?
0: <laughs> I think that that's the deal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think about the way that the movie was shot and stuff? Because one thing that kind of... Kind of surprised me is the way that that movie starts with that just 90s ass stuff. of yeah. That, that you know, coffee cups POV. Right. Uh, well, coffee cup. It's more like a gigantic bowl full of right. cappuccino uh, as we drank in the 90s. You know, making its way through that ginormous coffee house, which also, again, it's like, what a different time and place that the idea of selling cups of coffee could pay for rent on a building that fucking big. Right. What?
1: Yeah. Uh, man, I I checked it, and apparently rent in 1993 was the lowest it had been and was the lowest that it was going to be. Ever. Not ever, but for a while. So it the far. lowest it, it had been for a while and the lowest it has been since. Uh, wow. Wow. So, uh, this may be true <laughs> like this may have been san francisco in 1993 you could be a part time poet and you could just sell uh, big ass gigantic cups of coffee uh and and people would fill the the entire that space is so big for a coffee it's shop massive dude. and they, like, it's their, ridiculous di- their dishwashing station is a single sink <laughs> what It's one guy getting a cup and washing it by hand and handing it to a guy who dries it and immediately fills it. That's how that's how that place works. What?
0: <laughs> but like that shot was so like '90s MTV and stuff, yeah, and then uh-huh. you know the, the cup is delivered to Mike Myers and Anthony Lapaglia is sitting there in some ridiculous ass like <laughs> '70s gear.
1: Yeah, yeah. It kind of geared
0: me up for a movie that wasn't as wacky as the exactly. rest of the movie. Exactly,
1: because that is silly as fuck. He's dressed like like they say Huggy Bear uh, from Starsky and Hutch. Like he's dressed like '70s idea of a pimp. And it's ridiculous, and you're thinking the rest... I mean, he is incompetent as a cop, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's a wacky level of incompetence. Like, that's insane. And that doesn't get followed up on, really.
0: I know. It never reaches that that height of, like, okay, weird MTV camera angles plus... Mm -hmm ridiculous over-the-top characters it kind of starts right there and then yeah. never goes back to that that was that, kind of like an odd thing to me where i was like when's it coming back to that
1: now i will say so i um i used to go to the poetry reading at java jazz in jefferson city oh yeah yeah i re- read some serious poems there a couple times uh, oh shit man yeah fucking going for it take that 15 year old rage what Um, i know about things yeah uh but i i remember reading poetry there a couple times and then just being like this is a this is absurd this is silly (laughs) i'm
0: a child and i know this is fucking lame
1: yeah well i was a teen so maybe i was wrong because you know teens think everything is lame but i i did come in the next time, uh, wearing a a hat that my friend Brian had in his basement that had a little feather in it, and uh, carrying a cane, and I did uh, pimp poetry. I had come up with a pimp character and I performed some pimp poetry, which was uh, uh
0: cancelable, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, aren't you so so fucking glad yeah The social that, media didn't exist yes dude yeah. that everybody I, I mean, wasn't carrying yeah. around audio and video recording right. devices which they could upload and share to the entire world when we were stupid young people i yeah. am so glad
1: when i say cancelable it's just liberal use of the word bitch not nothing nothing's insane uh but it's also a pimp character uh yeah. i did uh, uh like four different quick poems Everybody laughed their ass off. Um and then they they he said that you couldn't cuss in poetry anymore at the, at
0: the poetry readers. <laughs> so you <laughs> did get canceled. <laughs> I did kind
1: of get locally canceled for my pimp poetry. Yeah, I I'm I'm not saying this proudly. I'm saying this uh, as somebody uh uh who as a teenager was like, Oh yeah remember in so I married an axe murderer he was dressed like a pimp that would be really funny for me to go dress like a pimp and then I was like I should write some poetry for it um and I don't think anybody was like oh so I married an axe murderer but that's what was going on in my head because this movie is a movie that like had real world like effect on me It, it really did as as a kid who uh you know I think I saw it was July 1993 so I was 12 when I saw this where uh and i had just like started reading some poetry and decided like i could write some poetry and you know by the time i got in high school and i had a teacher who was like very much into poetry and like would have us write poetry more i wrote a lot more poetry so like to me this movie like kind of served as um uh, i don't know like it, it kind of served as the idea that like poetry could be funny and cool and entertaining uh but then like i also as an adult i
0: don't care for poetry much (laughs) i am not a big fan (laughs) same dude i I just i I just can't do it like when i was yeah more teenage and probably much more emotional and dramatic even more than i currently am which is to say a lot a lot Uh uh-huh uh i could probably deal with that more and get into that more. But yeah, yeah, dude. It's like as just a fucking lame, salty old guy, I'm like, I am just not interested in yeah. this. Like there's probably <laughs> just a cooler way to deliver your message to me. Yeah, and it's exactly. probably yeah. more direct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I yeah, so I I uh in rewatching this just had that like memory. Like I always remember doing that, but I did not remember oh yeah it was because of this movie like wow exactly because of this movie and a lot of like me writing poetry had to do with this movie and my like love for mike myers and stuff so like this movie has always had a positive place in my heart and will retain it despite the the flaws i'm seeing in the script and and whatnot and and i'm saying this specifically because i I know there have to be people listening. Like, it just it it's funny. Just shut up about it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it is funny, but, you know, we got to break down all the elements of it, and the script's not great.
0: Now, this might have brought back memories of performing bad poetry for you, but for me, about the, like, I don't know, 80th time I heard There She Goes in this movie, <laughs> it resurrected the memory in my head of, like, wait, what, like commercial did I hear this song on in the 90s? Because I was like I think it was like a secret dry women's deodorant commercial or like a a tampon commercial or like Tampax. I was like I know this is on a commercial I do. You told me about this and I looked it up. And as soon as I
1: saw Ortho Tricycline, I was like, oh, fuck, I do remember this commercial. Yep.
0: <laughs> totally. It was on. Uh, honestly, it was probably on for one summer when we were 14, but it seemed right. like it was our entire teenage years. It was like, <laughs> there <laughs> she goes, goes with her clear skin <laughs> or some shit, you know? Uh Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> there she goes is in this a uh, lot. There's other soundtrack stuff um, that. Definitely sets a '90s mood, which is fine by me. I love yeah. it back then.
0: I, huh? I'm less I mean, interested in things, the. 90s. I love things about it back. Oh, then. Oh yeah, about there were
1: that. some things. Yeah, there were some yeah. things. I definitely like. Do like the? There is a very '90s soundtrack style, right? Like, and and I think that like I mean we've talked about it uh, with uh, Fear Street 1994. That was like one of the things that stuck out to me is that they like 90s soundtrack has a very particular style it is like a whole bunch of like uh you know deep cuts or b-sides from kind of popular bands and then like one standout song but that song isn't necessarily popular before the movie like fear street 1994 just has every banger that came out around that time it's not but, how they did it. Yeah, it's not how they did it. Yeah, it was Uh-oh. always more about, like... Like, you'd want to buy a soundtrack from a movie in the 90s. You'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I, I hadn't heard this song or that song from that band.
0: Like, that's really cool. Dude, the Empire Records soundtrack... So, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that the soundtrack of this, like, really does set a tone... Like, I I don't know that they were doing that. They weren't setting a tone that this is the 90s. It just is a
0: 90s thing. It's now, they said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's now. The 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the 90s was implied, man. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of a tone, how about that thing? It seems kind of randomly but intentionally inserted in this movie where they talk about the... Pentap, Pentaveret. Oh, the Pentaveret. Yeah, his his dad has this like crazy
1: idea that there are these five individuals who uh, run the world, and one he of them is Colonel Sanders. The and stuff, he does. Too, yeah, though. yeah, yeah. No, there, there's like, you know, so it, it, it's a good joke because it's like four people that you'd be like, yeah, probably, and then Colonel
0: Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a little bit of that tabloid malarkey getting thrown yes, in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, but this, of course, became a Netflix series not too long ago. One that didn't get good reviews, and I haven't seen. But uh, Mike Myers made a show about the Pentaburit, which is makes this, like I guess, the prequel to that.
0: That's bizarre.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a little weird. I, I, I have not seen it. I should check it out. But the, the reviews were pretty not great so <laughs> it just hasn't been on the
0: top of my list so this movie eventually generated yeah shrek austin powers and uh <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i, I mean, need to check
1: this out we, and we like you know the fact that he does uh basically fat bastard which is basically shrek like i, I guess the dad is much more shrek and then fat bastard is a little he's like evil shrek right
0: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but the, like, the but they're fact, all his dad. Yeah, they're all
1: his dad. The fact that like Mike Myers like was able to just take one accent he does and create two memorable characters—one that you know people still talk about a lot, Shrek—and um, and then also is that three memorable characters off of the same accent basically uh, just is a, a testament to how good he is as a performer that he can make just minor adjustments to. Uh, a Scottish accent and his dad's man, mannerisms and stuff, and make it new and different and interesting
0: each time is that's just talent. The man can stretch a joke. He sure can. He sure he can. Sure can. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. It's an okay movie. Like I, mm-hmm. I'll be totally real with you. Like I was going into this really expecting to be like cool. Like another '90s gem that I can watch over and over and again, like Blast from the Past or right. uh, yeah, Empire Records or mm-hmm. Biodome or any of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> like, I I didn't I didn't love it for those those reasons that we discussed, yeah. mainly just mm-hmm. that the, the tone of the humor was just all over the map. It's almost like they're like, well, we have to keep it kind of in the lines with this sort of rom-com thing, but yeah. okay, you can do a silly voice in this scene, all right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, it's I think, okay. It's okay. Yeah, uh, I will always have my nostalgia for it. I'll always, um, you know, have my connections to it. But I will admit, yeah, um, it, it fails in, in in many ways as far as like the story and stuff. But um, the humor that is there, or, or at least the non rom com humor, the the other stuff, all that stuff is great. Anthony Paglia fucking is great in every scene I feel like every single scene he's in is funny um and Mike Myers is just you know killing it his performance is great he he's always doing a good job he's not exactly believable as a rom-com lead uh no. but that's that's not to his detriment that that is a positive he just has too much personality for that um, And we
0: didn't have Paul Rudd back then. And we so. didn't have
1: Paul Rudd but yeah people didn't know yet <laughs> Yep. Clueless was coming. Clueless was coming, but until then, we didn't know that you could be both funny and charming and the lead of a rom com.
0: Yeah, because really, he would have <laughs> killed it in this. He would have been oh,
1: absolutely. Great. You know what? Paul Rudd would have been perfect. Yeah. in this, it, it like he he could smooth out that tone because he never gets. He can be absurd. I mean, he's been on you know Ten, Tim and Eric and stuff, and like Anchorman and all that shit. He can be absurd, but he he could also have pulled off the the quieter less actually funny scenes the more
0: rom-commy comedy yep yeah yep That's i think a good he point. would have been the the guy for the job right there but yep. overall what we got this movie that yeah it's it's watchable but I'm, I'm not gonna say i'm in a rush to check it out again do you have any other uh observations or you want to go ahead and rate this thing and no, get let's on right door
1: yeah let's rate this thing i think um as you said uh and and as i've said uh it the, the movie has tone issues and all that stuff, but I I still love the comedy. I will still watch this movie anytime somebody wants to watch this movie, and I won't be sitting there picking it apart. Um, but it it does have those other things to its detriment, so I can't like you know just nostalgia wipe everything. It, right. it definitely definitely could have been improved, uh, and its box for Box office performance wasn't like a fluke. People saw it and just weren't that into it. And the people that have nostalgia for it, I get it. Um, I'm with you, but it, it's just not that great. Um, but for me, it's it's still above average. I, I would always prefer to watch this to to a lot of other movies. So I'm gonna say it's like it's it's like a five point one. Yeah. Okay. So just
0: slightly over your line. Yeah, slightly over my line, and that point one is nostalgia for sure. (laughs) Probably because of my lack of nostalgia for it, I'm going to go a little bit below that and say more like four and a half for me. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Uh, which again I know is going to be sacrilege for some people that just love this movie. And if you do, that's great. Don't do a podcast about it. It probably makes it less fun. And don't worry about it. That's the thing. Like
1: I, I just don't think like. It ever matters what other people's opinions are of a movie. It shouldn't affect your own viewing of the movie. Uh, we like we 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 liked the parts you like. I guarantee it.
0: Yeah, that's probably yeah. so and yeah. we look forward to hearing your opinions about this one over on our Facebook group it's the only reason to use Facebook that is for fucking sure hang out with us on there it is a great place to hang out and shoot the shit and talk about horror movies and yeah, wrestling and Lord of the Rings and video <laughs> <Yeah>. games
1: <laughs> all the stuff you might want to bring up just bring it up over there it's always honestly, a fun honestly yeah, yeah. It, it
0: is just kind of like this weird little you know what it is it's like a Petri dish of like okay let's just take so, uh, everything we talk about on the show which ranges <laughs> from like um food and beer to yeah. obscure 90s wrestling right um, and wet dicks <laughs> yeah wet dicks uh <laughs> occasional guitar player posts oh, like, yeah, some of that. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of everything in there it's a yeah. little petri dish so hang out with us on there and uh rate and review on uh what's it? apple podcast itunes right. whatever the fuck it is spotify right. those reviews really do help us a lot please go in there and review the show even if it's just like is good <laughs> five stars that's <laughs> great like. it'd be awesome yeah me like please do that for us as well as support the show on patreon yeah
1: patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely uh head on over there become a patron on any level you get access to the patreon exclusive episodes become a patron on five dollar level you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl then we uh draw from the smoking bowl once a month and we cover the movie we draw from the smoking bowl as i said though next week we will not be doing a patreon pick we'll do that the first week of january so do not worry We'll still get to the Patreon movie, but we have something else coming just next week.
0: First week of February.
1: First week of February. Oh, February comes after January? I thought it was January. Then January
0: 2, the revenge. (laughs) <laughs> this time it's personal. This time it's personal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned. Next week we'll have just a little wildcard mini-sode, us talking about uh, Glass Onion while yep. I'm out rocking on the high seas aboard ship. Right, I'm sure I'll come back with some fun stories and stuff to tell about that one. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. We've been working our asses off uh, with a ton of music to perform on this thing, so it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'll see some of you guys there, and hopefully you guys will tune into the next installment of Dead and lovely i've been uncle ben i've been hollywood steve woo we'll catch you guys next time bye Bam. Is dipping a warm slice of a Little Caesars hot and ready pizza into that cold ass crazy sauce sensation play? Because if it is, your boy's into it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Your boy's into it. I'm in that sensation play, if that's what you mean. Because <laughs> it's a little warm, <laughs> it's a little cold. I mean, it's fun, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is
1: that's a good boy i never thought about
0: that because like
1: the little caesar sauce is not always cold but it's Typically usually it's cold. cold yeah
0: yeah it's not hot it's yeah. never hot ever. it's
1: never hot yeah if it's warmed up it's because it sat on top of the the pizza on the way home but it's, yeah. it's, it's still not
0: warm yeah i think that, they're doing that on purpose yeah because they know they know that fucking hot and cold hits man they know that it's like that, man. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's probably part of the craziness. <laughs> <laughs> More
1: like freaky, freaky. Am I right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sensation.
0: <laughs> hey, how come you think that Caesar wears that toga? Easy access. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> to dip his crazy flop. bread into the cold marinara. Exactly. And put it in your mouth. And put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do when it's okay. Much easier than <laughs> any other
0: style of glove thing. <laughs>